Radio. I'm the internet icon, the pride of the pilgrims, the most honest man in all the podcasting, handsome Jackie Jones. My right-hand man is, is not here at the moment, but he should uh, appear momentarily. But we have the fine people from out in the ring. We have director Ry Levy. Hello. Hello. Reza Clark. Hi. And Mike Perro. So for people not aware yet, can you give them an idea of what Out in the Ring is? Sure. So Out in the Ring is a documentary that chronicles the history of LGBTQIA plus representation in professional wrestling going back to uh, the 1940s all the way through um, today's uh, contemporary boom of uh, out professional wrestlers. And uh, I was able to interview many of these amazing people, including the two lovely human beings that are joining us today, Razor Clark and Mike Perrow. So, uh, Reza, how did you get involved? When did Rye come to you with this? Um, it was like the early 2020. Um, Rye actually came down, I'm from Texas, so came down to San Antonio and taped a show that I was on um, and did some interviews there. And so I was just really excited that, you know, he reached back out to me to do some supplemental stuff for, um, you know, the documentary we were on. And how about yourself, Mike? Uh, mine was, I had just actually just come out and he reached out to me and I happened to get his email at the time I was getting a whole bunch of emails from everybody, either congratulating me, asking questions or saying they went through the same experiences. And I happened to read, uh, right. He reached out and was like, Hey, I'm doing this project. Would you be interested? And that's how I, I was like, yeah, sure. I guess why not? Everybody already knows I'm gay now. <laughs> it was like my biggest fear, and now I was like, "Wow." Uh, Ryan, when you were putting it together, like, um, how did you go about finding, you know, uh, the right people for for the film? 
Well, it was really, I mean, it was a, it was a matter of discovering people who were out or uh, that we could, we could start talking to. Uh, when I started conceiving the project just as an idea in 2015, uh, there was not a lot of representation yet. Um, and then I filmed 2017 with a, a local journeyman wrestler who trained out of Minnesota, uh, Scott McEwen, wrestled as Sergeant Dixon. And, and then as 2017 went along, we saw, um, uh, we saw wrestlers like Mike and, and Charlie Morgan out of the UK uh, coming out and uh, sharing stories. And the more and more uh, as time went on, we started to see people boldly stepping forward, living in their truth, making space for themselves. And in the case of Reza, uh, we, had, we had shot it out at a promotion, an LGBTQ promotion in Texas. And I was so drawn to just her personality and her how just how warm and uh, interesting she was that I wanted to make sure we included more of her story. And it, I was able to include two amazing people along with, you know, so many others um, who just really gave perspectives and, and were willing to share their stories. Uh, I noticed the game changer hat there on Mike, and uh, that's a big part of the documentary. And uh, I think some people think a game changer, if they don't watch it, maybe they just see a little bit of it and they see like some of like the hardcore stuff and stuff. And I don't think they realize like a lot of the different characters there and um, really how diverse uh, the cast of people in Game Changer Wrestling is. Well, I will say this personally because I work there, but um, it is one of the most inclusive locker rooms I've ever been a part of. Your sexuality doesn't matter. You, They don't uh, gender jail women, like I like to call it. Because in professional wrestling, there's this belief that women can't wrestle men, aren't as good as men, are weaker than men. At Game Changer, they don't do that. Everybody's everybody's a fighter. So, you know, if you want to step in the ring, you step in the ring. And it's the most welcoming place I've ever been involved in. I'll say that. Um, As a longtime fan, myself since the mid-80s, early 80s, um, women's wrestling right in the last few years is definitely, I think it, it's, uh, uh, presented the best. We have like, you know, a great group of, uh, women wrestlers and, uh, uh Reza, your time in wrestling. How is, how have you seen that change personally? Um, I would say I think I showed up at a pretty solid time because I started wrestling in like 2018. So it was kind of at the front of folks kind of being like, oh, there's a lot of money in, you know, women's wrestling. And I would say intergender wrestling to an extension. And I kind of got the luxury of, you know, hearing about, you know, how bad things had been, but that they were getting better at the same time. It's kind of being at a place of like, even in like the couple of years that I've been, you know, wrestling, there's been a major change in, you know, the respect that people are giving their women's divisions, how they're choosing to know, the book domain that they're bringing in, the fact that a lot of, you know, you have a lot of companies that for a good chunk of their history didn't book women's matches at all, um, who now have entire divisions that they book really well. So I think that, you know, it's been an exciting process as someone who's been a part of it. And I can only imagine as like fans as well. It's been super exciting as well. Uh, Rye, you said you started the film. Well, you started like thinking about it in 2015. So, uh, how long of a process was it to, you know, once you really got started, you making it? 
So the process kind of, we started filming, uh, we filmed the first interview with Scott in August of 2017. And we continued to shoot through until uh, the main shooting until 2019. Um, right around the time of the pandemic, uh, right, right. Just as 2019, 2020, um, we had to kind of pivot a little bit. We had a, another, there was another wrestling promotion that was involved that we, we were kind of impacted by things like the speaking out movement and wrestling. And that required us to kind of pivot a little bit and kind of remove some people, um, who we, who we just felt were, were not, were, were, were problematic. I mean, they were just going to overshadow the story that we were trying to tell here. And it became a point of, you know, some people were saying that we should address it. And, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to feel like, you know, I didn't want the, the talents of these amazing wrestlers to be overshadowed by some one individual who just happened to have done something. And as we edited, we wanted to really include more, more stories and a more diversity and the, the, the face of wrestling was changing. I mean, the pandemic uh, required a lot of wrestlers to get very creative in terms of the ways, way that they kept themselves relevant on social media. Uh, Twitch became a huge thing for many wrestlers. And, and it was just, it was just such a, a time. And by the, you know, by the time we were coming out of the pandemic and, you know, we'd seen, you know, so many interesting ways for promotions to keep wrestling. There was just this huge boom of out performers who were willing to step forward and the opportunities for them were increasing. Um, not necessarily at the top of the card per se, but certainly on the independent circuit, we were seeing a lot more um, independent promotions uh, and events that were uh, highlighting um, out wrestling performers. So um, all in all, it was about a five, five, about five year process between from August to uh, when we were able to premiere in uh, 2022. Uh, Mike, um, your story is really powerful in the film. And I want to know, like, how much um, did you do you think looking back, did you put on yourself uh, like the idea of people aren't going to, uh, you know, they're not going to they're not going to like me. They're going to treat me differently if I'm out as opposed to actually when you came out. Like, how did other people treat you? Um, so that's like a, a, a double edged question, because how people treated me did change. Uh, 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 but in a different, it, it, I, I saw things differently mm -hmm. for myself and for how people treat me. Because before I came out, I looked at I looked at life through a lens of a straight man. Everything, my whole concept of everything was straight. Um, I didn't know much about the gay world, even when I came out. And so, and being gay is like wrestling. You're always learning. You're always learning something about yourself because it took so many years of not actually being yourself. So it took it changed my whole my whole wrestling character per se uh, i approached wrestling differently i approached who i was i became more confident in who i was my wrestling became more confident which you know i was so afraid of because you know the the, the one thing about being positive is you never really reach your full potential because you're always and my biggest fear was that secret and if people knew about that secret my whole life would change and it did change but it didn't change how I, I imagined it would change. It changed for the better. I am now married with a husband, you know, uh, something I never thought would ever be possible in my life. And he's one of the most supportive person people I've ever had. Uh, does he like wrestling? No, not at all. <laughs> that doesn't, 
is bored. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. He thinks the drama backstage is way more more interesting than anything that could ever happen on screen. He he, he likes he, he plays switch while he comes to the event. And if I do something stupid, he's like, "Well, you then that was your idea." Or, <laughs> so you know, life changed, and how I approached everything changed. And so yeah, the the fear. The, the fear actually was fear of something new and something I'm learning as I go. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, when you said people did treat you differently, how, how would you say they treated you differently? Sure. Well, you have to remember certain people have to get over their different things in life. Um, I learned that homophobia isn't like, oh, that dude's gay. Homophobia is built into our society. The first time you ever hear the word gay, it's derogatory. It's meant to put you down. So I have to, and I was the first in a lot of locker rooms. I'm, and their their perception of me changed because now they don't they don't know it because everything they've ever heard about a gay man, it's not me. It's it, 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 they have questions, but at the same time, I'm still learning about myself, trying to answer the questions to the best of my ability. All while thinking when I first came out. I had to represent every gay person. Then I realized, no, I need to represent the guy I needed to see on television when I was young. And those situations, you know, arise in a locker room because a lot of these guys knew you but didn't know you were gay. So they have a lot of questions. Some were hurt because they felt like maybe they thought I thought something was wrong with them that I couldn't tell them, that they, they thought they were a bad person, that I thought they were a bad person then other people didn't want to be my friend anymore. But it, it didn't change the way they did business. It just, we drifted off because we don't have things, they didn't think they had things in common with me. And so, yes, did things change? And it also questions about how do you book me? Because it's, there's never, there was never a gay badass before. The, the, every perception prior to that was, I have to be sympathetic. Well, the, I'm six foot four, 300 pounds. I'm not a very sympathetic person. I, I beat people up. I would get questions like, what do you do that's gay? And I'd say, well, I beat people up. That's pretty gay. And they, they didn't understand. And I said, and I would answer, well, what do you do straight in the ring? <laughs> right. What does that have to do with anything? Because gay is not my character. Gay is who I am. And that took a lot of time for their perception to understand that because they see gay as sex. Straight people look at it as sex, but straight isn't sex to straight people. So if you say the word straight, it doesn't represent sex. It means I'm just straight and I like girls or I like, uh, I'm a girl that likes guys. If you say you're gay, that all of a sudden that your storyline in wrestling has to deal with some kind of sexual orientation. It has to be about sex. Me and Effie has totally proven our feud has nothing to do about sex. I just don't like them. <laughs> like, and at, at, and we've proven over and over and over again that you can be a, an out wrestler and still have a great character. Yeah, uh, what you're saying there is a lot to do with like the Darren Young part in the um, in the documentary. <laughs> Because it was like they told him that like his character on TV is not gay, and and why does it even have to be part of his character? Like, 
it's weird that his every 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 gay character, their whole character has to be about their sexuality, like you said. It's because it's limited thinking. It's it's everything that you're taught about the the community. You don't know. You're not taught about it in schools. They don't. The the thing people with being gay is they don't want us to be heard. They like to say, "Oh, I have no problem with it. Why do they have to throw it in my face?" But yet I turn on, I go on Facebook and I see another baby request. I see another baby reveal. I see. I'm like, yeah, I know you guys had sex. Congratulations. <laughs> like, like I can post me and my husband giving each other a kiss on a lake. That's my husband. Like, but then you'll have people like, well, why do you throw that in my face? Or why does this have to be on my timeline? I'm like, this is my husband. I'm married. <laughs> like, like, but that concept applies to television. So their, their thought process is, you know, they don't want us to be seen. They, they, they want a limited version of us to be seen. So they could, the, the ability is like, oh, see, here it is. It's right here. But it's under the aspect of a straight old white guy usually writing it. So you know, mostly you just get two girls kissing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was another part in the documentary, the HLA, you know, uh, segment in wrestling in the in the late 90s. And that's always not just in wrestling, it, like in, in general, like the, the lesbians are presented as hot and then the gay guys are presented as something weird. We're, we're uh, mostly on television. We were presented as uh, basically sexual predators. We're always trying to we're always trying to grab a dude's butt. We're trying to like basically take our way with them. I'm like, well, that's okay. I was like, <laughs> but that's the problem. Yeah. We have no, we have no representation backstage in that kind of level, in an office level, in a writing level. It's it's not. It's very hard to have gay storylines when you don't have somebody that's back there that can tell you how this can be presented. Because, you know, the, RuPaul's Drag Race is a, is a billion-dollar industry. Obviously, because MTV put it, Viacom put it on MTV, so obviously it's making a lot of money and a lot of people are watching it. So there's a whole on-tap fan base for wrestling to literally tap into. Plus, it's already homoerotic. Like, it, <laughs> right. can't skip over that fact. We are men in our underwear all oiled up on national television. Like, like if you don't see those parallels, then you're denying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's actually something I bring up a lot on the show. Not necessarily that part, but the, uh, the part about uh, RuPaul. Because, like, my mom's a huge fan of those shows. My brother's a huge fan of those shows. And like I always said, like I really think AEW is missing uh, the boat with Sunny Kiss because anytime I was at a live show, super over, and all those shows are like they're mainstream shows now. So this is like a character I they really think if they would have got behind, like could have been, could have been a big star for him. Sunny writes her, writes herself literally. Why don't you tag her with Goldust? Have have Goldust be her mentor. She gets popular. Goldust turns on her. Oh my God! Here's an easy storyline, and Sonny's a million dollars. But the problem is, you have nobody backstage explaining what Sonny is. Not all of us can speak up. That's the, the, not all of us have the ability to speak up. Some of us, that's not our personality. So having somebody backstage would really help the future process because, the, like, 
Rise said, this is all relatively new boom. We're in uncharted territory of everything. You know, first comes the influx, then it comes, we have to learn how to go forward. Right now, we're at that spot where we needed to, we need to learn right now how to move forward. Now we're here. Now they know about us. How do we move forward from this space? Uh, Reza, um, when Mike was talking about like representation and wanting to represent a character that like he didn't see when he was watching wrestling, what were some of the wrestlers that you watched that like uh, made you want to become a wrestler? Um, so first and foremost, I would say Awesome Kong. I have a very vivid memory of the first time I saw her debut as Karma. And like, I am a large person now. I was I was a big kid. And I just remember seeing her and seeing how like, it felt like the world stopped. And everyone was like, here's this woman and we have to take her seriously. And I was like, here's this big dark skinned woman who's not the butt of jokes. People are taking her seriously. When she shows up, stuff stops. And I was like, I want to be her. Before I even was like, oh, I want to be a wrestler. I just remember being this kid going, I want people to treat me like they treat her. And... I would say too, like funny enough, Harlem Heat are the first wrestlers I remember seeing. Um, I'm not going to go as far as saying they were like the first, you know, wrestlers I ever saw, but it's like the first wrestling match I remember seeing. And I think it was just because like in my brain, wrestlers looked a certain way. And then I see these two guys on TV who could be like my uncles or my brothers or my cousins. And I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't know we did this too. And <laughs> I was a fan of wrestling from like that point going forward. Yeah. Now I feel old that that was the first uh, wrestlers he saw, but but I was a, I was a big fan of those since uh, since they were in global wrestling. Uh, it was like uh, when I was in high school and I'd come home from school and it would always be on ESPN, and then so it was very cool to me see them uh, eventually go to WCW and become you know huge stars. It's, like, it's a very small world. I found out recently. Apparently, my dad and Booker T went to the same high school. So. Oh really? That's pretty wild. Like, have you already have you had any interaction with Booker T? Yourself? Um, I met him once when I got a chance to do a seminar down at his school in Houston. Um, he and Charmel, and I was like so starstruck to see her in real life. Uh, um, oh, by the way, Incher is here, and I, I will take uh, responsibility. I did not send him the link, so I, I apologize, Incher. He was trying to block me. No, no, it was, I, I, it was my mistake. I'm, okay. I'm sorry, yes. Uh, Mighty Lexar wants to know if if you guys are fans of Effie, who, by the way, is a, a big part of the documentary. I certainly am. Um, that's why he's in the film. I am a fan of what he does in terms of his uh, in terms of his marketing and his ability to uh, to um, you know buck the buck the trend of the industry. I mean, in terms of. Effie doesn't need WWE and AEW to get over. Effie's gotten over on his own and uh, and done that, you know, does a lot of that. And then, of course, you know, Mike's opinion of Effie. We can we can last Mike about that. Right. Mike, <laughs> what is your opinion on Effie? You mean my forever dude? You mean the guy that doesn't <laughs> go away? Uh, listen, Effie is one of the most important things to this business. And... Um, love him or hate him, he stick. He, he not all. Like I said, not all of us can speak up. Some of us have to be there taking the arrows. Some of us have to be yelled at and called names because we we can. That's why we're here. And 
Effie is probably one of the biggest shining stars in the LGBTQ community, if not wrestling. There is no excuse that he's not on national television. And I don't care that Effie says that I make more money. He does. He makes a lot of money. He's very (laughs) very popular. But there's no excuse that no company, TNA, AEW, WWE, WWE, you're telling me out of all the LGBTQ athletes out there, you can't sign one? One gay man? You can't? You have a whole performance center. You had a couple. But there's not one you can find? Effie's mic skills, you you don't think he can cut a promo like LA Knight? You don't think Effie can get that crowd to respond to him? Because I travel, unfortunately, the world with a man, and I deal with it every night. But I will not sit here and say that he's not over. I will not sit here and say that he's not immensely talented. I, I see how Effie affects people. Do I always agree with Effie? No, not at all. Does Effie agree with me? Not at all. But at the end of the day, we both understand that we have to move forward. And shows like Big Gay Brunch have opened the doors to a lot of people that normally wouldn't be seen. Because that's the whole concept about Big Gay Brunch. It might be based around the fact that we hate each other. But... Uh, the overwhelming fact is the whole creation was to get LGBTQ athletes the opportunities that me and Effie didn't have or me and Allie didn't have or or Dark Sheik didn't have because it puts eyes on you and then they get to wrestle other places and realize it's not just the me and Effie that are open wrestlers. There's so many more. And shows like that put them in a spotlight and it's up to them to run with that. But what me thinking of Effie, I, I think he's one of the most, currently one of the most important things to wrestle. Uh, Intra, do you have a question? Oh, I just thought that was one of the best parts of the documentary when they brought about, brought in the part about Finn Balor and having the pride flags and everything. And, he, he's a straight man and there's no like real good representation of that in the WWE. But Mike, I wanted to know is creative something you think you would like to get into in the future? A thousand percent. I do it now. It yeah. What I like. I, I, I never stop watching wrestling. Never stop talking wrestling. I never stop pitching ideas. Uh, it, it, it's, it annoys some people, but it's, it's what I like. I, Nobody gets into wrestling. I hate when people are like, oh, I just got into wrestling because I want to make money. Well, that's stupid. It's forever to make money. I'm a fan. I'm a diehard fan. And at the end of the day, it's in, it's in me now. I, I've gotten great opportunities to wrestle in Japan, wrestle all over the world. I, I wrestle every weekend with GCW. I get to see so many different faces in different communities. I love wrestling and I'm not going to always be able to do that in the ring. And I, I, I love being a part of it. I honestly do. And there's generations of young LGBTQ athletes that need somebody to speak for them. And we need more representation backstage. 
we have none at the moment. Yeah. So <laughs> just having one would help. No mm -hmm. company has LGBTQ representation at, in an office position. Uh, Rye, what uh, drew you to wrestling originally? Well, I was I was a kid on Saturday mornings growing up in Alberta, Canada, on a steady diet of Calgary Stampede Wrestling. Uh, so I grew up watching the Hart family. I grew up watching um, people like Pillman, British Bulldogs. Um, and, you know, I think back now to the wrestling that, you know, that still sticks with me and the characters that stick with me now. And I don't know if it, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I was always drawn to the flamboyance of somebody like, you know, I, 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 I always dug Rip Rogers and Goldie Rogers. I just thought they were just... I, I, the idea of this flamboyance and, you know, this kind of, you know, this, this heel kind of comedy slash, you know, tough guy thing. And, and, you know, I, I just always loved, you know, the pageantry of it and all of the, you know, all of the different things. And so, I, I mean, I grew up on a steady diet of territory wrestling. Um, and, and that was part of the reason why when I wanted to make the film, I, I just I, I wanted to make I knew my first film was going to be about the community that I represented, but I needed to look at the community through a lens of something that I had a genuine passion and love for. And that was wrestling. And and I felt, you know, part of my goal with making films is to uncover hidden histories and underrepresented communities um, within places where we've been told we're not welcome. Uh, where we've been frequently told or we're, or there's a lack of representation. So that's how this came about for me. And, you know, it's just, again, you know, just like Mike, we're, I'm just a fan. I was just a fan of the storylines and the characters and all of this stuff was there. I mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I just, you know, it was, it was, it, it was something where, you know, when I, when I came across my TV, it was something I'd never seen before. Um, you know, I was home on a Saturday afternoon and flipped over a channel and saw, you know, Rick Patterson and Jerry Morrow beating each other up on TV. And then I flipped the channel and I looked in the TV guide and it was on again at three o'clock. And then I watched that at three o'clock and then I went to the TV guide again. It was on at four o'clock and it was, and it was, there's never, there was never any shortage of it in the eighties, um, depending on where you were. Um, if, you know, in, in small, you know, in territories. And then when it went national, I mean, it was just, you know, it was a crazy thing. And that's just where it was. It was just a, a matter of seeing something that I hadn't seen that offered all of this, you know, these, these different things. And, and, uh, and I still, to the, you know, I'm probably a bigger, because of these people who are in my film today and these people that I've befriended and come to love and really care about, um, I'm a bigger fan of wrestling now than I've ever been because of this and because of people like Reza and Mike. And uh, something Mike brought up, and it's also, you know, in the documentary that um, for, forever in wrestling, uh, the gay characters like Adrian Adonis and Goldust to a certain extent, they were always presented as, you know, uh, as, you know, uh, not good people. And, and it really fed off the homophobia of the crowd. So, I mean, that was evident even to me as a kid and stuff, but I'm a straight guy, so it doesn't affect me the same way, but, how did how did that make you feel knowing that's like your representation in the wrestling community for a long period of time? Well, I think that you know it's and this is just it, and this is just I think in general, it's always easy to use racism, homophobia, xenophobia 
as villainry because it's just easy. It's like, an easy all way. of that's always been a part of it. all of that's like, evil foreigner and everything. I mean, they do it in movies too. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this, you know, so it's, you know, um, I think as a kid, I didn't necessarily notice it the same way. And now of course, you know, as an adult, I mean, you know, you're educated and you, you see things differently and you see um, the way that everything develops. Um, I mean, but you know, as as Pollo del Mar says in the film, when you don't see yourself represented, and the only opportunity, only things you see are things like Adrian Adonis or um, or or Gold Dust or characters and that, you, you you cling to whatever you can get that that, that could potentially, you know, that, that might represent you. I mean, if you don't see yourself, you know, that's why it's so important to be rep to see representation. Uh, Mike is incredibly correct in saying that there is no gay men actively uh, writing, writing and um, producing segments in these companies right now. There's no out women doing that at, in a in a representation in, in a space where they're writing and creating and telling stories. There's many women, are there that actually write like? I don't think there's any women right now actively yeah. working um, in, in any of the spaces right now, which is an even bigger issue. I mean, yeah, especially, yeah. you know, there's a lot more women wrestlers today too, to, you know, to actually write the stories for. I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, so that, I mean, that's a whole other problem, you know, on it on, of its own is the fact that, you know, I mean, we've, you know, I mean, I guess to an extent, maybe Stephanie did some stuff when she was back, you know, when she was there, but mm. I mean, but very in terms of, you know, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, and as of right now, I don't think there's any. Yeah. I mean, other than Will Washington and AEW, there's no people of color writing actively at the top of these places um, currently right now. I mean, it's um, it's it's you know, it's a problem. It's a whole problematic thing. I mean, it's you know, and and again, we've seen the boom of of representation at, of, in terms of the LGBTQ community being led by the indies. Um, because it, and, and it comes very similar to, to movies, which I know, you know, ways, know because, about, yeah. you know, when, you know, we think, I think about when, you know, when I ended the film, I mean, we were ending on a very positive note. I mean, it, you know, when that was when we were editing it, it seemed like there was, everything was going to be great and things were changing. And then by the time we premiered the film and Mike and, and, and Reza had been at screenings, we, you know, by the summer of 2022, all of those people that, we're at the top. We're, we're working for the big companies. We're gone. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, we, we, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say what's going on with this industry, but everything is just so cyclical. Yeah. And a part, I mentioned the documentary too. Now all the, the uh, shows in uh, Saudi Arabia and yeah, uh, they're calling it, that's their new home for WWE. And <laughs> so uh, Reza, um, since you said, uh, you know, the first wrestler you saw was, was the Harlem heat. So, um, a lot younger than me. So, uh, what what did you think when you see the movie for the first time, and you see like some people maybe you don't know about? Um, I think I what it was really. I think I mean like most people, it was eye opening for me because I think there was a lot of things that it made me realize that I did know about, and a lot of things that I was like, I because I know these things, I can't believe I didn't. I haven't heard of some of this other stuff. Um, I'm someone who's a bit of a history buff, especially like, you know, like I said, I like history in avenues where normally it's either not presented or it's presented in a way that is quite biased, leaning on not being the truth. 
And so I think it's an opportunity for, you know, members of your community to be able to tell you the stories as they happen and as they remember them. Because like specifically speaking with like text, I live down here. And the fact that I hadn't heard about what she'd had to handle does not make sense to me. And it's something that should be, you know, common knowledge because as someone who was, you know, running with Moolash, you you start looking at some of those flyers and she's all over them. And I'm like, the fact that the women at home don't know about what a woman from here had to deal with is ridiculous and like low-key kind of insane to me. But I think again, now with it being able to have easy act people having easy access to it. I'm hoping it'll be one of those things that people, you know, will show their friends, will show in their training centers. Um, because yeah, there's a lot of our history that we don't get to find out about because people came and went quietly. And uh, she's going to be on the show next week. Uh, uh, Susan green. I was just talking to her today. A great part of the documentary. I've been friends mm -hmm. with her on Facebook for years, but uh, never had on the show for some reason. So that'll be phenomenal a human being. How about yourself, Mike? What did you think the first time you see the uh, the documentary, the finished documentary? Well, I actually apologized to Ryan after the documentary. Um, I got the opportunity to see it the first time in Montreal, me and Sonny. And we sat together and we didn't know what to expect. It, from the time it was filmed with us to the time it was there was a very long time. So we had no idea. And a lot of the stuff we forgot about. Uh when it got to our parts, we started to tear up because we remembered the emotions and then all the history that was behind it and how well it was done and stuff that I had no idea about stuff that I was like, Oh my, Oh my God, like, I can't believe this happened. Or I know what that's like now. And it, it was just such a experience. I, honestly, like I told him, everybody needs to see this documentary. And it's not just because I'm in it. It's because, like, you know, not the pro wrestler. I put myself over. I this documentary. You could take me out. You could take. You could take the whole first half and just learn and just learn about everything and get a feeling because it just shows you the emotions we go through, what we what we deal with. You know, I don't think anybody knows what it's like to walk in a locker room and know. No, have people look at you differently i i don't i don't i, I never wish that upon anybody it is probably what uh, what it, it and it shows you what it's like this documentary shows you what it was like for them and knowing what they had to go through every night it it uh it's it was it was it was a, a wow kind of movie for me and i'm not a usually a easy to wow <laughs> like i i watch a lot of stuff yeah um i actually just told my friend uh todd earlier today who does reviews on our, my horror website uh that he would really like it and he'd act i actually said he'd really like your character because he's uh he's openly gay guy big beard and he always hates very stereotypical gay people in movies and uh, says we're not all these flamboyant, uh, you know. Some of us are like regular guys things. So I well, think you'll actually really person, like your character. But so. Yeah, yeah. I murder people, so I'd probably fit into it. Right. What was it like um, getting the movie edited together? And do you have like a lot of extra content that maybe you would use on like a physical release? Well. You know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, you're thinking about, I've got, I had 45 to 50 hours of interview footage. 
Um, I don't do I don't do a short interview. I mean, there's all these people who go into an interview that's 30 minutes, um, that's sound bites and questions, and I I I don't I don't have any interest in that. I, I want to get to know Mike. I wanted to get to know Reza. I wanted to have a conversation. And the only way we're going to ever get to the heart of having this discussion, so we're not just clicking, you know, we're we're not just hitting, you know, hitting the beats, is to have those discussions. And and as and and it's those moments in the discussion that got deep, and we had to get deep in order to understand the story. You know, Mike's story is is at times very is harrowing, and it's it's moving and deep. And you know, to hear Reza discuss things in her life and 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 her 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 rise in wrestling, her role in wrestling, and where and where she feels is 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 important. And Dark Sheik's story is so unique. I mean, everybody's got. You know, the one thing that's universal is is humanity and love and acceptance. And those are universal things and stories that anybody can relate to of overcoming and finding a place for yourself. That's 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 not that's not just a gay and LGBTQ thing. That's just a life. That's life. I mean, we all have a story. And what I wanted to do was make sure that people heard their stories and and that I took the time to sit with them and 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 craft the story. And, you know, all the credit in the world. I mean, you know, I'm I I mean, I can I can have a great interview and lots of footage and and do all of that directing kind of component. But everything really, ultimately, our editor, Brad Webb, who's also a producer, Brad spent two years working on this during the pandemic almost. And he he broke this down and 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 basically he had he had no he said, you know, I was very lucky, you know, if there was an upside to the pandemic, it was that Brad could put the care and, and concern into putting the film together and assembling it in a way that was, you know, important and you know, there's lots of other stuff that's on the that that hopefully will will we we I can't announce who I can say that in April there will be a Blu-ray release. Oh, cool! Um, and uh, that's just um, just been signed, but uh, we can't um, we can't announce that yet because uh, they haven't officially allowed us that to announce that. But it is coming in the mm-hmm. spring, and it'll be uh, in and around the time of WrestleMania weekend and the and Big Gay Brunch. So. And WrestleCon, so we'll be we'll have we'll have the units there. We'll be able to do a lot with this film, and we're going to use some of those extra moments from the interviews. I mean, I've got stories from Tex Green talking a, it, at length about her experience beating up Fabulous Moolah, and I want to hear. You know, I want people to hear more of those stories. I want people to hear other parts of Mike's interview and Reza's interview, and and you know, and we'll go through and decide how we're going to assemble that. Um, and 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 add those to the the Blu-ray. We're going to utilize whatever we can. Um, and just to add, you know, Reza said about uh, Tex just being so incredible. Um, Mike and I were both at Big Gay Brunch when Tex was uh, given her given her moment in in the ring there to really get honored by everybody at, during WrestleMania week. And one of the highlights was watching her punch AC Mack in the mouth, and and just. The, just the joy of her being back in the ring was so wonderful to see her and she was ready to go. I mean, she's hoping that her health will be back enough because she, she wants to get in the ring and wrestle next year. 
in in, in Philadelphia. She wants wants to be in the show. She's training. She's got a ring in her backyard. She trains all the time. She's ready to go. And she doesn't know who she's going to get in there. She said she wants, she she can coax AC out of retirement. She'd she'd love to get her hands on him, she says. But, um, you know, I just, you know, I just love the idea that, you know, she got those moments. And, And then all these, you know, that every wrestler in this film gets that moment. And, and I'm thrilled that we have Fuse um, who have shown so much interest and love for this film. And, you know, it's not Netflix, you know, and but we, we risk getting lost at, at, at a Netflix, right? I mean, there's so much. Yeah. We're, we're, we're at Fuse and they genuinely are, they're fighting to elevate this film and make sure that everybody sees it and, and put it out there. And, and they've just done, you know, they've done a great job in terms of helping us get press and Mike's been doing interviews and Ray's is doing interviews. And, you know, we're, we're, we're really, you know, we're, we're really excited to have somebody who actually wants to share this story. And I'm glad that the stories in the film are being told and, and that everybody is getting an opportunity to, to uh, get some spotlight out of this. Uh, Reza, did you get to watch the movie with an audience at any of the festivals? Um, yes, I got a chance to um, go out to Austin when it premiered down there. What was that like to, you know, not just see the movie, but see it, you know, with people? Um, it, I think I, it was weird. I see it's weird seeing your face on a, on like a TV sized screen and hearing yourself talk. So I think it, at first it was, you know, a little bit jarring because you're like, oh, that's me. And then I kind of, I say the same thing as Mike, I got about like midway through and was like trying not to be like boohooing because yeah, I think you get an idea of like what the film is supposed to be about. And then you start kind of, you know, one watching, you know, all the things you didn't know about and you hadn't heard and then kind of watching people like in my case that I like, I won't go as far as saying peers, but like they were wrestling when I started wrestling and watching them talk about similar experiences that I've had was just really, you know, emotional for me. Also a lot of like, I had the luxury of bringing my mom with me when um, I saw the screening. And so it's also kind of my mother getting a chance to hear me talk about this, you know, particular avenue of my life along with wrestling for in depth for the first time. And so I think for us, it was just also kind of a really, it gave me a chance to bond with her in a way that we hadn't before. And so it was, I was a very emotional and trying not to like, you know, be a ball of tears in a room full of people. Yeah. But I think That's also- interesting. Maybe it uh, had you ever like really talked to her about this before? Um, not really. I think it was one of those things that like, I was not, I won't go as far as closeted with my family. Like it was not something that was a secret. We just, there was nothing to really talk about. Um, and so I think her watching me be, you know, honest and talk about like, I guess parts of my life that I just didn't really talk about with her was also just kind of, you know, emotional for her as well. Um, wrestling for me, I would say that I kind of regressed a bit when I started wrestling. I was very much out of the closet when I started wrestling and wrestling kind of made me more cautious about who I told. I won't go as far as saying, you know, I wasn't lying if people were asking, but it definitely wasn't something I was volunteering. Um, I also think that I'm very lucky in a way that a lot of wrestlers are not. The first out wrestler I met, I met at my pro wrestling tryout and he is one of my best friends in the entire world now. Um, And so it's like the first friends that I made when I started wrestling, you know, were other, you know, gay people, queer people. And so I had an experience that is not um, 
I would say average in a lot of cases, but I also think some of it kind of is because on that back end, both of them have since, you know, retired and you kind of have this, you know, idea of, you know, we're going to, the girls are going to take on the world. And for a number of reasons that didn't happen. And so you kind of watch back with, you know, what's, what we're still dealing with and going, this kind of sucks because if this stuff wasn't here, my friends would still be here. So uh, when you said like uh, you weren't as open when you got into wrestling, was that because like you just were worried what people might think or like uh, what was like more of the reason there, I guess? Um, so I, in my case, people didn't treat me any one way or the other, but I watched how they dealt with my friends. Um, and a lot, and in that, and it was a lot of people get really comfortable when those people aren't around. And so it was me doing a lot of what I felt like was shutting down people speaking disrespectfully about the people that I cared about. And so it made me really picky about who I volunteered that information with just because when, you know, I guess when folks thought I was a part of the group, it, they spoke in a way that they do won't feel comfortable speaking in front of me now. Um, Mike, there's something I want to ask you about um, because you talk in the, in the documentary about uh, conversion therapy. And then you also talked about um, a later in your life praying. And so I thought that was interesting. Also important that it must not have affected your faith, like your bad experience with conversion therapy, because I think a lot of people then might lose their faith and, you know, not be. Well, the thing is, my, my mom's actually a Sunday school teacher. Um, and when I came out to her, the, the one thing she said to me, she's like, God doesn't make mistakes. People are just stupid. And, and the conversion therapy, you know, I can't say, uh, due to a non-disclosure, I can't really talk about whether sure. it works or it doesn't work. But I paid for it myself because I, I didn't want to be gay. I physically didn't want to be. And I wanted to feel like my straight friend. So it was a decision I made myself. Okay. Nobody, you weren't like forced into it or anything. No, no, no. My parents, my parents didn't even know I was gay when I was. It was a shock to them. Like I had never, I had never acted gay. You know, like they. Yeah. But I've always, I've from the moment, I, 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 I never have been attracted to females ever. I tried to be. I wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't understand. I'm like, why I thought that, like a guy was hot and I couldn't, I'm like, oh, she's great. She Obviously I know she physically looks great, but I have no attraction to us as I did a man. So I wanted to know how I, unfortunately, that's, that, I was born this way. And, um, and, and, and the thing is, my father, was an atheist basically <laughs> like he was a police officer he was a homicide detective and i always asked him like you know why do you go to the masses for mom and stuff like that she, he goes he goes it makes her happy and it's something you know if it makes her happy then that that's what it's about and so for me it's like i want to believe there's something you know so like because when i like i physically try to you know, I talk about in the documentary, I, I try to take my own life because, you know, I did, I want to save the, I, I'm not suicidal. I like, well, some of the stuff I do in the ring is pretty stupid, but, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I just didn't want my family to live with the embarrassment of me being gay. 
That's how much fear I had of the word gay. That's what all growing up, every time I heard it, I never saw anybody on television that looked like me, that acted like me or talked like me. How can I be gay? And I, like I said, just show me a sign. Do I like guys? Do I like girls? And I, I, I would say this. I was like, whether it's fate or nothing, shortly after, I saw Morgan sitting at a bar. Why I went... Uh, to talk about wrestling with my one of my wrestling best friends uh, and take tequila shots. And he was sitting there at the bar. And then a couple of days later, I saw him in the supermarket. A couple of days later, he came into where I was working. So, uh, and then I got drunk and met him on a uh, app. <laughs> but <laughs> he's been with me ever since. And, you know, whether it was a sign or not, you know, sometimes little things, you have to have faith, especially in this business, whether it's God or anybody. You know, whether, whatever you believe in, you have to believe in something. You know, whether it's believe that you can make it, it's, it's just hope. Hope is a powerful thing. It's what keeps us going, you know. And whether, you know, am I super religious? No. Am I, am I beating down the doors? But do I say that I don't believe? No. I, I, I do, you know. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't because that'd be a lie. And so, but I'm not, like, oh, my God, we have to do this, we have to do that. Like, I, I forced my husband to be religious. No, like, it just, personally, I, I it, it, people are stupid. As my mom said, people are stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> does, um, how did your mom take it when you came out then? I don't know if that's too personal to ask you. Or... Uh, so I, So I chose to tell everybody separately instead of in a group because people kind of react when you tell people in a group, they all react to the, the most over-the-top one. So I were, they all kind of, people can do the same thing. Um, they, it, like wrestling, you stop. Everybody, you stop. Like, <laughs> it, it, when you tell people that. So I told my family separately. Uh, I first, my brother actually figured it out. Uh, he had come to visit uh, and he saw a card on my fridge that said Morgan, which is a a boy's and girl name, and one of those unisex names. We, we happened to go out drinking for like, it was like by St. Patrick's Day. And at, that night, every girl and their brother hit on me. Right? Everybody was just, not their brother, but that they were all hitting on me. And I turned them down. My brother goes, this Morgan girl has to be like, like <laughs> one. And I just start bawling my eyes out because I had a little to drink. And I was like, it's a guy. <laughs> so he's like, are you happy? And, and then I, I told him I was going to tell the family. And I told my mom, my mom said that. And she hugged me and she said she loves me. She just wanted to know if I'm happy. And then she goes, Give me a second. Give me. Give it a day to tell your dad because we literally never had this conversation. If any of our kids were gay, we just never. And my dad, my dad joked. He, he goes, "No, I kind of knew." I was like, and I got offended. I was like, "How would you know?" Like he goes, first of all, I'd be a very bad detective. Second of all, it's like, like you used to like, like the. the like magazines or stuff, you used to look at the guy. We just, I just never thought that, you know, it was maybe a phase and you never talked about it. But I, the last couple of girlfriends, if they didn't do it for you, I, I don't, I don't know where he's like, what would have done it for you? So, <laughs> and he, my dad was, 
my dad was one of the single most supportive things in my life. Um, unfortunately, we lost him three years ago, right before oh, our man. wedding. I can say this, my family was, they don't understand when I tell them this doesn't happen. Like a lot of times families throw their kids away. And my parents, my parents can't conceive that. They couldn't conceive that. They're like, why would anybody ever do that to their children? This is their children. It's the only thing they've ever made in their life. They're never going to make anything else. This is totally them. That's part of them. That will always be part of them. And and I say, I, I you don't understand how, and they're starting to learn too, is what homophobia really is. Because they've never had to deal with it until me coming out and people making comments and saying things. Or like people not liking like a wedding photo because it's two guys. So they actually had to go through homophobia, just like my dad's partner. You know, he had to deal with every, it was like he was coming in. He had to deal with everything that I had to deal with. Uh, Rye, you said uh, Fuse is uh, where you can get uh, the movie or watch a movie. Whoops. So, yeah, so Fuse TV and Fuse Plus, um, few, the uh, the premiere, it's actually the world broadcast premiere, uh, so the, uh, coming out in the United States uh, on uh, November 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, it, and, uh, and you can, and it also be uh, I, I, on their streaming platform, Fuse Plus. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited that it's, uh, it's coming out there and... Um, as I said, they've just been really tremendous uh, in terms of their support of the film. And, uh, and you, you know, you, you, you kind of, you know, many people, you know, many of these companies acquire films. I mean, I've, I've worked in film distribution long before I did that and, and nobody, and they don't do any promotions. I mean, they don't, they don't, they you know they send out one press release and then, it, and I can honestly say, and I, I'm, I'm, think you know and, and mike mike can agree as well mike's um mike's had a chance to do a lot of press for the film so far and Areza will get to do more hopefully as well um just the amount of stuff that they've come to us with and the interest the genuine interest um of, of for the film and the, gen the genuine um passion for the stories in, at the heart of the film has been just really wonderful and uh, i couldn't ask for you know um i and i now feel like i don't know if we could have asked for a better broadcast partner than um the team at fuse well i, I really enjoyed it i hope people check it out um very emotional uh mm -hmm. you know a lot of characters i know some people i didn't know and um it was really well made and where can people follow, you know, the movie to see, you know, where it goes from here? You know, it'll be on Fuse, but maybe, you know, down the road. Well, in April, it'll be a physical release. Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram at Out in the Ring Doc. We're on uh, X slash Twitter or whatever it's called now um, at Out in the Ring. And then we have a website, outintheringcom uh, and then, you know, hopefully everybody also follows uh, Reza and Mike on their socials. I'm sure. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah. And uh, and then in, and then uh, find out where they're wrestling, because, uh, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you see these two incredibly talented people uh, in the ring as well. Yeah, I was going to ask him, Rye. So. <laughs> but uh, Reza, where can people follow you and uh, what are you up to? Um, well, I am in, in, in on. 
Instagram and uh, Twitter at despicable, R-E-I underscore, all one word. Um, I'm pretty easy to find there. Uh, upcoming, I am actually headed out to New Jersey for Pro Wrestling R on Sunday. I am also going to be down in Austin at uh, America's Academy of Pro Wrestling this weekend. So I'm excited. I'm also going to be in Georgia for a, a first time show for Kingdom Pro Wrestling. So if you happen to be in that area, we'd love to have you first show the promotion. So we'd like to have a full full crowd if possible. Yeah, definitely. I've always been told Austin has the best barbecue. Uh, that is a lie. Unfortunately. A lie. All right. Don't Where get me wrong. It? Texas barbecue is great, but if you want good barbecue, you're going to want to find a dude with a smoker in a parking lot in Dallas. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I've been, I've actually never been to Austin. I've been to Dallas several times and I, I've never had complaints with the barbecue. <laughs> uh, and I, Mike, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, on Twitter. Online, not to your home or anything. Okay. On Twitter, you can find me on Tarot on Discord. Uh, on Instagram, it's basically just Jim Fletching Tick. Uh, and me and my husband uh, is Tarot49. And, you know, uh, where you can see me is Game Changer Wrestling because our schedule is ridiculous. Uh, uh, <laughs> we don't stop. <laughs> that slogan, <laughs> we don't, it, it, the days just keep coming. And that, that's just proof enough that the LGBTQ community drops because our show is, has a lot of. It's the only show with multiple LGBTQ athletes on the show every week. And it seems to be drawing crowds and people seem to love it. And yeah, it's all... got a huge buzz for something that, you know, doesn't like a TV show. You know? That apparently, apparently, where I would say we're the third largest, we're, we're the third popular company in the world behind AEW and WWE. And our popularity, as you can see, pretty popular. So, uh, and we're the only, like I said, we're the only one doing it with more than one LGBTQ athlete in active storylines going on. Yeah, and um, not only do I really like the movie and hope it does well, but I do think, uh, well, I hope that it, do, it helps all your guys' careers too, because I think if people watch a movie, they get to know you guys more, like they're more connected to you because they know your story, you know, they know your background. And that's a, that's helpful in wrestling if people are connected to the, you know, to you guys as, as characters and people. Yeah, I'm, I love interacting with people and the one of the, the, the things that comes out of this is meeting so many people and them sharing stories and sharing that, that to me that my story has affected or helped them. Hearing one of the craziest things is having wrestlers come up to me and say that I inspired them and they have a picture. Blows my mind. Like, it, 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 I have no idea what to do. Like, like just coming up to me and saying, hey, like on a big gay brunch or uh, at Folsom, I did uh, full queer wrestling, and just hearing, just having them come up and talk to me and, and tell me the stories, it's just, I would have never said this when I first came out. When I first came out, it was like me. That, like, it wasn't like a Darren Young was in the locker room. It was, it was me. I, I didn't have anybody. Then slowly Effie, then Anthony Bowen, then we learn about Dark Sheik, and then slowly Jamie, like everybody. It just, 
it starts to compile, and then all of a sudden we're not alone anymore. Sunny, and the first gay brunch just first gay brunch. I cried not because we did it and pulled it off, because while walking in that locker room and seeing everybody just be happy and not afraid to be themselves was probably one of the most moving experiences I've ever had in my life in a, in a pro wrestling locker room. And I've got to see some really cool things and done the really cool things in my career, but I'll never forget that moment of me and Effie just standing there and looking at the locker room and being like, oh my God, like, we're not alone. And, and, and that's the one thing I want people to get from this film. It's okay to be you. It's wrestling's hard. Wrestling's hard for everybody. But you're only going to succeed if you're yourself. You're your own business. Make your opportunities. They're, everybody's going to tell you no. You're going to get a thousand no's. Eventually, somebody's going to say yes, just like GCW did for Gay Brunch. You know, eventually, somebody will say yes. Everybody's going to say no because nobody likes taking risks. But somebody will. So, you know, stick to your guns. You know, we're, we're, we're stronger together. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming on. Uh, a lot of people asked some questions that were actually covered in the documentary. They didn't know that because a lot of them hadn't seen it yet. But, you know, stuff about Canyon and uh, Goldust. So instead of asking you, I say uh, check out the documentary. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to kick you all out. Uh, I know it's very rude, but it's, uh, otherwise it's just awkward. <laughs> As I wave awkwardly. There you go. Aha, there we go. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. That was very cool. Uh, we had some audio issues. Um, I think it was on Mike's end, so I'd, I was muting him in between. But uh, no fault to him. It's just uh, sometimes the connection goes that way. Sometimes it just happens like that. Yeah. But... But yeah, yeah, good stuff. Enjoyed the interview there. Yes, um, I would uh, recommend um, the documentary out in the ring mm -hmm. to everybody. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Uh, I'm going to uh, look up more Mike uh, Perro and, and raise it in action. Yeah, for sure. I like their stories. It's good to see. Uh, Rye I've known for years. Mm -hmm. So it was... Uh, Good to see his film. He used to actually host a podcast over on Without Your Head. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it a neat documentary. I liked a lot of the uh, topics that they brought up in it. Yeah, the... there's a lot of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Some stuff I took notes of that like we couldn't, just didn't bring up at the thing. But uh, like, uh, I believe Dave Deadman brought up a canyon. Yeah. And the... like, it wasn't like I didn't know at the at that time when that happened that Canyon had just come mm -hmm. out, but putting that in perspective, that's a it was really gross. Yeah, I think he said that he was, you know, kind of like running the idea, you know, not the idea, but telling some people, and that was like, I guess the way that he was taking it that they were saying, "Don't you do it," you know, basically. Yeah, basically, but, yeah, I mean, and then, like, it was just an ugly it was, uh, thing. And, it was awful, yeah. I mean, I, I know when I was watching it on TV, and I didn't quite know what to make of it. I was just like, why is he singing a song, and now 
Undertaker's beating the hell out of yeah, him like, a, really a hard. Wrestler and a guy I think that you know went with like a lot of you know, stuff that might not have been bad. Just a guy who loved the business so, but like and mm-hmm. wanted to do well. So it was really a sad story all around. Yeah, yeah, it was awful after I after I found out the whole the full story. But but I definitely loved the parts about um them them bringing up the saudi arabia deal and everything uh, yeah you know. that's very uh very topical for today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i mean god this uh, the wwe is really it's just like a propaganda like machine for <laughs> those for saudi arabia like i was trying to watch the show and i crown jewel and i was trying to enjoy it and it's no fault of the wrestlers. I mean, I do think they, they were putting on a good show, but man, just do I really got to see like a whole video package of uh, four wrestlers talking about how great of a, of a travel it was on their airlines. And I was like, come on now. I see what you guys are going with the Saudi Arabia airline. They were like, they had a, a, a LA night putting it over and Bianca Belair. And it was just like, do I really got to sit and watch this? And then, then they start talking about the new WWE Hall of Fame thing that they got going up in Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, who's going to want to go to Saudi Arabia to, 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 to go to the WWE thing? I mean, no one. <laughs> like, no, there's the prince. Yeah, I mean, like. I don't think anybody in the United States. I mean, maybe there's some people who would, but I mean, that's not like an ideal like place to go to. I know that's what they're trying to do, but I mean, it, it's just I I don't get it. And then and then the the thing that kept going through my head while watching the show was Vince McMahon saying, "This is our new home," and I'm like. How how like ungrateful is this person, you know, like to to say that and they made WWE within the United States of America and you know and then the other countries, you know, kind of you know just, I, buy, I mentioned into this it. on my Facebook and, and someone was like, Oh, if Saudi Arabia offered you, you know, millions of dollars to do the podcast on there on in Saudi Arabia you wouldn't or anything. And it's like, well, honestly, no. And especially if I already was a millionaire, because WWE is yeah. not like hurting for cash or not about to go out of business. Vince McMahon's a multi-billionaire, sold the company. He's, you know, 80 something years. Isn't he in his 80s now or something? He's old. He's up there. There's no reason why they have to, like, take money from Saudi Arabia to, <laughs> yeah. like, to, to be, say Saudi Arabia is their home, to make their whole, to make the show like this big, like, uh it's really propaganda like like the, the you know come and and visit visit uh saudi arabia and this they don't need to do that if they were going out of business or they're really hurting for well, money or something um i would at least like understand that but um how this, much money when you have so much money how much is any is more money going to make you any happier could could he be uh, searching for a place where he could stay? Possibly. This is just <laughs> this is just a thought of my own. I mean, it's a, a pro- I'm sure it's a country. This, I, you know, I'm half joking, but half serious. <laughs> I'm sure it's a country he wouldn't have to worry about people signing NDAs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I know everybody thinks that we're just harsh on WWE, but this is real stuff, you know. I mean, yeah, this is beyond this, isn't... this is beyond wrestling. <laughs> you know, I mean, this and is it human makes atrocities it... like yeah, and it makes it like hard to really want to support the company. I, I, mean, I won't watch those shows. I, I don't. I yeah. don't want to watch it at all anymore. And and I, I wasn't watching the TV because I just didn't like it. And this stuff really doesn't make me want to support, like you said, to support it at all. I don't want to watch any of it. I don't want to get any money it, for sure. It was definitely going through my head while watching it, and they're they're really putting. A, I mean, the one thing. I mean, I'm glad that the 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 people of Saudi Arabia, not the people that's in the government or anything over there, but they they got a show, and I, that's the only good thing, right. I think. Um, outside of that. I, I I just can't agree with it at all. But I mean, it's just it's very sickening, and it, it was it was it was just like man, they're they're being basically propaganda for Saudi Arabia, saying how great it is, and we got this freaking guy coming out, and they're saying this guy's funnier than Dave Chappelle. I'm like, how the fuck is this guy going to be funnier than Dave Chappelle? <laughs> and 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 it's like. He better come out here and just start freaking I, knocking. Yeah, I don't down. really know. What was this? Was this like a? Uh, they just a, brought this guy out. And Michael Cole's like, oh, this guy's great. He had me in stitches, <laughs> and and he's coming out for the Miz's segment, you know, to 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 be on the Miz's show. And they barely let the guy talk. They said he's a comedian and he's toured all of the United States. And I'm like, all right, dude, they build you as better than Dave Chappelle. Come out here and let's see something. They don't hardly let him say a thing. They bring <laughs> out uh, that Grayson Law, uh, Waller guy, yeah. the 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 guy from the I think he's Australian and uh, or New Zealand or something. I don't know, but uh, and, and then he's got a segment that he he wants to do his show, and then then the guy he, he breaks down to where he kicks him and everything, and I was just like, yeah. Don't even know who this fucking guy is. Never seen him before in my life. And they're putting him over as like one of the greatest comedians ever. And I'm not buying it. <laughs> and it's like, why do I have to see this? Why are they like putting over a guy who is not within like, you know, okay, I I'll accept Logan Paul. You know, right. I can understand why you're putting this guy over. Nobody's heard of this fucking guy, the, the 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 guy from Saudi Arabia. I don't know who he is. If somebody's heard of him, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be somebody who will say that they've heard of him. But I doubt it. Or or like uh, or uh, Bad Bunny. I'm totally shocked by Bad Bunny and and his uh, fame, but I realize he is a famous person because right, right. he's on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I mean. I, the first I ever heard of him was on WWE television. Same with me, yeah. So, but, I mean, he is around. He's in movies. I mean, wasn't he in that uh, Brad Pitt movie on the train, I think? Oh, um, maybe, yeah, speed, yeah. speed Train or whatever that Bullet, was. Bullet you. Train, yeah. Um, So I can recognize he is a famous person. Uh, Logan Paul, I, did, I wasn't too familiar with him beforehand, but. Anyhow, I digress. I I just I I couldn't make it through all of Blood Money. 
Yeah, I I, I just won't. I, I'm not going to begrudge anyone who watches him. I, I'm not going to, but uh, I just won't watch him. Yeah. I'm not going to watch him. For one, I wanted to, I was just getting sickened by all the propaganda from for Saudi Arabia. And I also knew Cody Rhodes was coming up, and I didn't want to. I, I was just like, just just that combination. I'm already sick to begin with. I'm going to have to stare at freaking Cody Rhodes come out there and just uh, kind of deal with it. So I did not finish. I got up to the Bianca Belair match. I forget who she was taking on, but I kind of just, I think it was um, uh, Io Shirai or Io Sky, as they call her now. Yeah. And I, I would have liked to finished it, and then I was like, "Man, am I going to finish this and then watch Raw?" I'm like, "I don't want to watch Raw." So I haven't watched Raw either, but I did watch a lot of AEW. So, I guess the movie's Money Train. Lexar says he loves it, and Dave Deadman says it sucks. Which money? I watched it. I just couldn't remember the name of it. Um, I, I mean, it, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't like I loved it, or it wasn't like I hated it. I mean. Whatever it was there, Money Train. I think Money isn't that the an old movie? That's yeah, that's 95. that's that's like Wesley Snipes and um yeah. and um it was like the follow up to to White Men Can't Jump, like it was like the next one. Yeah, Bullet Train. That, I was right. Bullet Train. I, I didn't think Money Train sounded right. Uh, so yeah, this is I did like watch some SmackDown. Of the dumbest stuff in the world here. What's that? Uh, that I won't watch uh, Crown Jewel because it's Saudi Arabia, but I'll watch AEW because it's owned by a guy of Saudi Arabian descent. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like like one of the most anti-American statements I've ever read. <laughs> that's like the whole basis of America is uh, uh-huh. is the melting pot of people from other of uh, from other countries, and uh, I mean. Otherwise, you'd only want you'd only concern yourself with like native India you know, indigenous people. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tony Khan. He's he's seen, that's one of the things that gets on my nerves too. I think Tony Khan, as far as I know, he's 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 I don't think he a fine person. Apart. He doesn't. I don't think he tries to like. He's not pay guilty people of off to get. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't rip people apart. Doesn't. Uh, yeah, you know, doesn't believe in you know women shouldn't have rights. And... I mean, we don't. We we haven't known Tony Khan as long as we've known Vince McMahon. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe he's public. not. You know, he might he might have some issues, but I I doubt he's you know uh, killing people and having them cut into pieces. <laughs> something like well, you know, something like that. That for instance, we're not saying Vince McMahon is cut up people and but i mean saudi well the saudi arabian uh prince yeah if that's what you're yeah that would just be racist if i was like i won't watch anything with anyone of saudi arabian descent i mean that's Uh uh that's that's a real stupid take i mean if you watch the product you can tell that this is made by a person who who cares about the wrestling fans i mean they don't disrespect yeah, I mean that's why some people hate him because he is like, which I don't, I don't really understand the hate of him for being a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would rather watch something 
that uh, at least I know the guy likes wrestling and doesn't yeah. want to try has always tries to distance himself from the word wrestling. I think it's just wrestling fans are so used to this abuse from Vince McMahon that they're just trying to like anything like different where somebody's like warm and trying to cater to them is just like <laughs> no. Yeah. I want to eat shit and like it. I've done this for years. And it's like, you don't have to do that. And I mean, truth be told, like I've WWE's never been my favorite promotion my whole life. When I was a little kid, I love Roddy Piper, but I really didn't like WWF. I hated Mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan. And I thought it was a a lot of the stuff was like super just stupid. Like I, I liked the NWA way better. And yeah. then in the nineties, I much preferred WCW. And then in the like mid to late nineties, I much preferred ECW and WCW over, over WWF, WWE. And then like when there, and then uh, there was times I, I liked TNA better. Um, like there was, there was always people I liked in WWF, but I never was really a big WWF fan ever. And then, um, Really, when there was when it was only WWE like on TV, and when TNA really started to go down the tubes, I just really stopped being a really a wrestling fan for the most mm-hmm. part. That's when I kind of stopped. What and then AEW came around, and it honestly made me a wrestling fan again. So um, I can't say it. And any time was WWE my favorite. The, the my favorite era of WWE was probably because um, I like W I like WCW too, but. Um, I really liked, you know, when Austin was, was really mm-hmm. in the top of his game, Austin. And, yeah. Know, that Austin. stuff was great. Yeah. And there's stuff there around. I didn't like either. I didn't really like the X, but I, I like, but I, yeah, yeah, there was, they also, I think that was their best period for the wrestling mm-hmm. because, uh, before that, uh, it was really wrestling that I didn't really care for. Uh, but I love like Brett, you know, bef- before Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, uh, the wrestling, and WWF was never my my kind of wrestling. It was really yeah. like the big man, like the Hulk Hogan style Ultimate Warrior. I, like I really hate that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like I would agree with you because I know we talked in the past that WCW we really missed it. You know, when we started the show and like just like it, it was such a dark day whenever we had ECW and WCW and then. They just both went out of business like yeah, right at the same year. time. And it was like, yeah, what the hell? Exact same time, yeah. It was and I, I I remember being so excited for an ECW pay-per-view whenever the you know, because I, I caught in on the last few years of ECW and I just remember just being like thinking about it all day, like, I gotta see this, you know. But like for a WWE show, it was just like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch it, but you know, it wasn't like I had to like see it you know but yeah i mean the come up and so aew kind of brought back a lot of those feelings you know of like you know i'm kind of getting behind this company i'm really rooting for them and uh you know I, it's just i i don't know I, I just really get sad to see the fans reaction to aew when just you know a, another just dumbass statement uh, but you can always kind of say that from Lexar, that Jack went to more WWF shows. I live in fucking New England, dumbass. What do you think? What do you think was here? <laughs> yeah. WWF. How often do you think WCW ever came here? 
I went to the WCW show in, in Boston. It was the first time they were over there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really go to a whole lot of shows, but I, I did go to a yeah, WWF I mean, I, house I, show. I, I went to a handful of WWF shows. I mean, I went mm-hmm. to two WrestleManias before it cost, you know, $500 to go to WrestleMania. This was back when it, I could get a ticket for 30 bucks. But the, and I the, went to a Rumble, which I, I always enjoyed the Rumble a lot. The and, only um, wrestling show the that only you can pay-per-views see. Went to. The only wrestling show you can see me on camera in the crowd is uh ecw at the huntington civic center so there was a tnn show back when it was tnn so uh, i I, you can actually see me on uh, like i'm in the third row yeah on the hard camera side so yeah i had an actual um i would say ecw was the promotion that i had the most emotional connection to oh for sure i looked for and i think that's something that's overlooked when people say like we're gonna be the new ecw is they really fixate on the uh, hardcore element and i can't say the hardcore stuff wasn't part of ecw it obviously was but to me the reason why people to this day will chant ecw for the wrestlers is you are emotionally connected to all the wrestlers Paul Heyman and the promotion itself. So you wanted the whole promotion to do well. If you watched um, the build up to uh, barely legal on, um, on beyond the mat and, and, and Paul Heyman is there, you know, rallying the troops. That is Mm. how you felt as an ECW fan. It wasn't even just like, I want this guy to win. I want this guy to win. There was some of that, but you really wanted the promotion to win. Yeah. The promotion to get on pay-per-view and I never really felt that way about any other uh, wrestling company up until then. And I remember when it wasn't on uh, on my TV anymore, I actually called the cable company to see where it was. And I can't imagine doing that for any other uh, wrestling promotion. <laughs> yeah. You just be like, oh, well, it's gone. So, yeah. Well, speaking about that, it seems like there's another wrestling promotion that had a TV deal and now it's already been taken away from them yeah it's really weird i'm not sure exactly what's happening i know uh melt i was listening to Meltzer earlier today and he said that billy corgan had uh contacted him and apparently like the deal he couldn't talk about the deal so i'm not sure what's happening Meltzer said it was actually going to be on the cw like app or something so i'm Mm. not really sure what what exactly is happening well people don't know nwa was supposedly going to be on cw network and now they did a cocaine angle, and that may be up in. Uh... <laughs> that made him no, get cold look, feet on the deal. Do I care about the uh, cocaine angle? No, no, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I actually, I saw the little clip. I actually kind of thought it was pretty funny. But yeah, I, didn't I don't watch have it, kids. I did see someone say like, "I don't want my kids watching that." And look, I don't have kids, so that doesn't affect me. If I had kids, maybe I wouldn't want them watching that either. I don't know. Um, and I also don't know what CW had planned for the ratings for the show. So if they were going to rate the show, you know, I think if you have open drug use on a show, I don't know if you can even be on basic. Yeah. You probably have to be on pay cable. Well. You, you, know, you probably have to be on like, um, not HBO, but you know, like, uh, you know, like uh, whatever shows are like Breaking Bad and stuff are on. I don't think you can just have open drug use on like uh over the air channel 13 show or whatever i don't know yeah well it's unfortunate i mean i wish they could have 
you know, played nice at least until they got on television because they would have had a little bit of a foothold then. But now it's like it really sucks for them if if, if it has been taken away. But dude, like you said, I don't care if like Jim Mitchell's snorting cocaine on television or whatever they were. No, doing it looks about. kind of funny to me. But again, I I don't have kids, so that that you know is a different effect to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the channel. Really, to me, it's whatever the the channel was going to rate it is the thing. Me as a fan, I actually think that looked pretty funny. It would be something I might actually want to watch. Yeah, I'm a but huge the, Jim Mitchell fan. I, I hope they get it sorted out, and the, the TV deal is still on the table, and they can uh, get it funny. done. Uh, wrestling fans are always demanding. You know, got to go back to the attitude era. We need edgier wrestling, and anytime someone does do something that's a little edgy. They do like, oh, my God, get that off TV. It's got to be canceled. <laughs> How could you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Back to uh, how people, you know, Job's here in the chat room, or John Brown, as he likes to be known now, I guess. He said, I felt an emotional connection to AEW early on, but I rarely watch it now. I'm still a fan. Um it did. Uh, it did take a hit. I, I looking back, uh, and I, I love uh, CM Punk, and I'm still on his side and everything. But looking back, um, that whole thing and the way it was hand, everything about it, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was like oil and waters. Two two different types of attitudes. They could not mix. Mm-hmm. But that also exposed, I think, to the audience that. Um, People started to take sides and you started to splinter your fan base. And I think looking back, it, 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 it did more harm than good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, just all the bad press coming out. I mean, it's like I've said, uh, that Wembley show was such a great show, but like it all kind of got overshadowed by that, you know? And and the the, the uh, we haven't talked about the announcement for. I'm so disappointed in that. <laughs> I mean, the big announcement. The big announcement for uh, Tony Khan's going to have a big announcement. I'm like, okay, let's see what it is. And we tune in and it says you all can buy tickets for Wembley next year. I'm like, I'm pretty disappointed in that. I'm like, I thought this was going to be something well, just. Just don't just uh, just come out and say that, but don't, don't yeah. beforehand say you've got an announcement. Uh, yeah, that was very disappointing to That's me. That's not a big announcement. I mean, it, it was a big show for them last year. They want to have another oh, yeah, big show. I don't. I don't know if they're going to be able to draw that type of crowd the, this next year. I mean, yeah, I hope really they do. Depends what's hot. What's hot? You know, some you know something gets hot over the and it's. The thing is, it's not the first time anymore. It's the second yeah. time. The yeah. first time really filled it up. Basically, AEW being there for the first time because they didn't even announce any matches till like a couple weeks before the show. Mm-hmm. So if if you have some hot characters or hot feud, you're you. I think you're gonna need it. You're gonna need yeah. to announce names and a hot feud before it this time. Mm-hmm. You can't just rely on we're just gonna fill this up every year because yeah, it's not, that's it's not, not gonna happen. happen. You gotta have a good angle going into it, and like I think you you'll 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 always get people, but but there's a difference between getting people and filling up, you know, one of the biggest stadiums in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I was very disappointed in that, Tony Khan. I mean, I think Nigel and Tony did a good job talking about it, but it's like, uh I, I will say this, Alexar. I've ne- I've never paid a woman in my life to pretend to, to be interested in me or pay someone so I could come in my pants. Uh oh, Alexar. I also never got blackmailed on the internet and started jerking off uh to a to a bot on Facebook. So if you want to start stuff, I, I can be very mean, and I think I'm a lot better at it than you. <laughs> I'll just mind my own business here. I'm not. I won't get into any of this. But uh, I do want to put over just just a side note. Anthony Henry, the guy who's in the workhorseman. I know you're not a big fan of of, of the team, but I, I will I, say. I, well, let, let me just let me, re- just, okay, let me okay. just put over the guy. Right. He had a match with Dalton Castle on Ring of Honor. And I think they had a great match together. And that was a good showcase on Ring of Honor. And they also had a um, a, a nice uh, title defense from Athena at the end, taking on Mercedes Martinez. And uh, that's all I'll say about Ring of Honor. Uh, the Workhorsemen and, and Kip Saban have at it, Jack. Um, it's not that I don't think the Workhorsemen are actually talented. It's they were presented as total job job. Uh, they were presented as job jobbers and never on television and then got a title shot. If mm-hmm. you were going to if you're going to give them a title shot, you had to establish them on AEW television first. You can't go from the only times we saw them, they lost. I don't think they ever won a match on AEW TV. And then they weren't even on AEW TV for maybe a year or several months. And then the first time you see them, they're like, oh, we're going for the title. That's not how you. You could bring them out and then have them get wins and then go get for a title shot. That's fine. But uh, the way they're presented was was really poor. Well, I would agree with you until they said that J.D. Drake is also a professional bowler. And I was like, holy shit, I love this man. He wrestles and he's a bowler. I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> You could do like a kingpin uh, gimmick or something. I mean, you know the the yeah the movie kingpin, not, um, not the punk. Character. I think tweeted out something recently that was kind of hinted that he was booking Collision, and I I honestly believe that's true because, as I said, the show has really there's good matches on the show, but it 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 feels like a completely different show since he's gone. Well, I mean, it's a shame that he didn't have like it didn't get to where he could really you know have a whole angle put out there, you know, where we could see him. Yeah, it was it was a good show where I, I, I always talked about every week where it had like a core group of guys they built to matches, you know, it was it was good. Um it's still an enjoyable show if for just the wrestling, but this is a big problem in AEW is they need to you've got all these great wrestlers. Yeah. And you put on some fantastic matches. But if you would have if you would have the build to those matches, it would really put them over, as opposed to just a cold match. It's good. Mm-hmm. Imagine you have these great this great match, but you had a couple weeks build to it. It would just make it that much better. Yeah. Well, I I believe that he probably was a uh, because it said when they terminated him that it was contracts, not just contract like both. So there was something else going on there, 
And I do believe they had to make something really appealing to him for him to come back. So, I mean, and it kind of explains a little bit more why he was a little bit more upset with, uh, you know, uh, Jack Perry whenever he wanted to use glass and he was in a role of power of, of being the booker, I guess, for collision. So I guess when he told him, you know, no glass and then. Well, the the original story to that was the, the medical people on, on at collision didn't want him to do it. Mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone informed her not to do it. And then Tony Schiavone asked Punk to tell him not to do it. Yeah. So it was like everyone there was against doing it. It wasn't like he just came. That that's one that I real is really perplexing to me that anyone would be would think he's an asshole for yeah. That punk is an asshole for like trying to get a guy not to use real glass. That there's other stuff you can argue whatever, but that one to me is kind of like mm-hmm. I mean, why would you even like at that point you're just biased against, you know, punk. I'm not sure why Jack Perry would get so bent out of shape over it. Too. I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just doesn't have a lot of people telling him no, stuff, or a lot of. I think like all this stuff, it's not just one thing. It, yeah. I'm sure it was like constant, um, a battle of mm. personalities, and then so it's not if just it, like one incident. If it wasn't that, it would might have been something else. So, I mean, that would have, yeah, you know, the like, like honestly, the stuff with um. It wasn't if if um Hangman just did that one promo, I, I don't think any of this stuff would have happened. But it was all it was that it was I'm sure they had personality differences before that, and then it was so much after that, all, all the stuff that came out, um, and then Tim and Meltzer. It was it's a culmination of things, it's not just one incident. Yeah. It's kind of like uh to compare to uh wrestlers getting hurt and stuff, it's not like taking one bump. It's the culmination of bumps over time that where you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can't pinpoint and sure one time I made a joke at your expense that made you mad. It's a mm-hmm. culmination. It's it's the it's the whole it's the whole it's a sure the whole amount. shebang. Yeah. But, but but now we're all good. You're not fi- you're not scissoring right. What the hell's the matter with you? Do it right. But uh, yeah. I thought the '69 celebration would be a little funnier, honestly. Well, I, I, they've kind of hurt the team by making him like such a schmuck for MJF. I, I that's not what the yeah, role he should be in. I don't understand in. it because he he. He's always presented as a as a hard, edgy guy with the promos and stuff, and you don't want to see him being like. A, he's got the goofy side with the with the sis, but that's different than just being like, you know, yeah. like a schmuck to uh, to MJF. I I enjoyed MJF coming out with the with the pink uh, scarf and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean. I guess they're just trying to search for something that MJF can do, and I do like that they have everybody on the show wanting to get the title. I this is something I've heard people against, like Conan and, and Disco, but it's actually uh, there's there's a lot of things I will I will um, say that I, that I think AEW is doing, you know, that are mistakes and could do better and stuff. This is not one. I think this is actually one of the strongest things in AEW currently is that everyone is gunning for MJF because for one thing, it's not really something we've seen a lot of. 
Yeah. And um, it's kind of a, it's original. It makes sense that everyone wants the world champion. You have a giant roster, so why not have several people wanting the world title? It also puts MJF in peril as the babyface champion where everyone's gunning for him. So it's it's also kind of a mystery, like who, you know, what, when, what, what, which one of these guys is going to beat him for the title mm-hmm. or maybe none of them, but I, I like that. It, it, um, it's kind of long form storytelling and wrestling because all these people, when they wrestle him, even if, even if he wins, it like takes him down a notch, which is kind of like what they did with Darby Allen when he was international champion where every match he got beat, beat up, even though he won or orange Cassidy, I'm sorry. When orange Cassidy was, um, international champion. And so I like that. And I, and, um, why not, why not have mul- multiple people wanting the title in, uh, in boxing? There was always multiple people trying to go after Tyson. Uh, I just like it. Yeah. I think it's, it's good. Now there's another thing that I didn't think was very well done on AEW, and they need to try to avoid doing stuff like this, but Blackpool combat club came out and saved FTR. Yeah, I didn't understand this. Yeah, it was strange. They saved him from the House of Black. And, like, does is it just because Blackpool Combat Club doesn't like the House of Black? But yeah, then you saw Claudio, like... What was, why would they save uh, FTR? And I have no idea. Like, they just kept getting their ass kicked. I didn't really understand any of it. And then you saw Claudio kind of pat uh, Dax Wheeler on the back afterwards. And it was like... Or it was like, what the hell? I I, I don't understand yeah, yeah, why they're making the save for him. That's is there something I missed? I mean, I, I've watched most of I the mean, shows. I guess it's not the worst idea if they, if FTR was with the Blackpool Combat Club, like, uh-huh. but then you have like five guys in the group. I don't know if you really need that. I guess they could be the tag of the group. I mean, that's fine, but otherwise, I don't really understand the purpose. I mean, are they trying to just? Add to the group, I guess, because uh, Brian Danielson's out and he's uh, yeah. he, he's so, yeah, healing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there'll be something. Maybe it'll lead something where, or maybe it just won't lead anywhere. I don't know. I will say it was funny. Uh, the the guys you're talking about, though, and um, so it was Dustin Rhodes and um, um, Keith Lee, and who mm-hmm. was the other guy? Uh, Keith Lee. It was another second oh. generation guy. It was Dustin and. Dustin Keith Lee, because uh, they were like this the first time the Rhodes family and the what was the other family? Oh geez, who was it? I, I know, I know what you're talking about when Keith Lee came out, and shoot, because before Keith Lee, I was like, wow, are they going to have like another second generation guy with this group? Like I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Second generation. I, I I know the segment you're talking about. Man, I can't remember now. Now, what I was gonna say was I really liked the. Uh, I thought it was a really fun uh, six man, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind like if they kept them together. But I can't remember. Oh, Mark Briscoe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark so is. What, uh... It wasn't a second generation. Well, I guess sort of, but it was. Um, you know, it was just like wrestling family guys. So it was uh, Dustin, Mark Briscoe, and Keith Lee. And at first I was like, wow, this is really odd. Keith Lee's in the group, but they really worked well together. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I wouldn't mind if, if you know, they went after the six-man titles at some point. The trio. Yeah, get them into the mix. I mean, Mark Briscoe, he has to do... Uh... He is so over. He's actually yeah. one of my mom's favorite, and she never watched Ring of Honor or anything. She just really... She thinks he's funny. Uh, she likes him as a wrestler. And, you know, and she's already I... feels, like, emotionally connected to him because of the story with, you know, not story, reality with his brother. I mean, I think... I was skeptical how he would do when he would come back and be, a, you know, yeah, just Mark yeah, his Briscoe brother was and, always more of the, the um, singles guy. Mm-hmm. But I think so far what all we've seen, I mean, his return was good on rampage and mm-hmm. then the three way match or uh, the three man match. That was great. I mean, and he, every one of his promos, he, he adds some comedy into it, but he puts over the angle that that's yeah. going on at the time. And it, it doesn't feel forced. It feels like, you know, he's really just, I think he's great. I mean, I think yeah, they really awesome. need to. I, I think I think you could get behind him as a top singles guy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not even, wor- I mean, I'm not saying he's out of the realm possibly world champ, but uh, definitely a guy that could be vying for one of the singles titles. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think that's somebody they need to keep yeah, their eye on. singles titles. Um you know, the TNT title, face, face of TNT, Mark Briscoe, that would work. Mm-hmm. International title, but uh, yeah, I'd love to yeah. see it. Or the six-man belts, the trios belts, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I know he doesn't want to do a tag team with anybody, right. which so is the understandable. Trios would work. So either trios or, uh, I, I really think him as a run as TNT champion would be good. Yeah, yeah, like mix him up with Orange Cassidy or something. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know that's two faces and that's, that normally doesn't go so well, but I think it, they could pull it off. I think two faces can work. I think two heels is odd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this is an issue in AEW is they have so many talented people. You can't you can't focus on on like you know many people because like you've got Mark. You know where do you put you? You barely see so many of these guys that are le- You know could be top people like mm-hmm. Nero and all these people. So I don't even know what the answer is. It's just, and I'm sure they're going to hire more people, but um, you, it's just impossible to focus on everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of talent there, but I mean, I mean they really, like, he's really entertaining, but it's like, and it's some of those guys, like a Keith Lee, for example, you, he has to be like presented as like a big deal because he's like mm. big and can move around. So he can't just be like a guy who's like in like opening matches, you know, nothing matches. Yeah. Well, they did do a good job of uh, setting up a dynamite this week with Keith Lee speaking yeah, about I that. That's I think, the, uh, one, the one Ring of Honor belt that I think is actually over and I don't mm-hmm. mind is on TV because Samoa Joe's really been presented as like a big deal. Yeah, and I even like some of the the posters. I know someone said, "Oh, it's not a flattering look." I thought it was perfect. It showed they looked like like Godzilla and King Kong, you know, like facing off in like a city. Mm-hmm. They're big. They're two big guys. They're not. They're not Jack dudes. They're just two big guys. So you're not going to have a really flattering look. Of course, they're they're they got fat on them. But um, that's always been part. I like I like wrestling with. Two big dudes like that. Yeah. Two big guys who can go. That's uh that's my kind of wrestling. So I'm looking forward to that match. Uh Samoa Joe and Keith Lee. I think that'll be good stuff. Uh, I don't think we've ever 
seen them face off before. No, um, I'm, yeah, I think this is going to be great because we see you don't see Joe versus other big men very often. No, no, it's normally a smaller dude. So, so this is going to be some meat to meet. I remember Joe had, I think, some of the the best Lesnar matches in his last later run was worth Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just these two big guys doing big moves. I think this is going to be really, really fun. Yeah, so definitely check out Dynamite tomorrow. And uh, Adam, yeah. I, I I'm a big fan of. Still he a big fan of Roderick. He was starting when they were in the house for so long. I started like, come on, guys! But now they're out of the house. They're actually at ringside stuff. I'm a I'm a big fan. I do like how he just yells uh, Renee's name and just like randomly. <laughs> it's just like what? But uh, he got up and he he did like a, the big move, and then he instantly fell down and selling the neck again. Like he's still hurt, and they wheeled him back out. But uh, it's good stuff. Like, sorry, uh, Jack likes to slap mat- man meat while slap strippers' asses. Well, keep going, spending your uh, SSI money they get from the government on uh, on, on the strippers. Oh, <laughs> it's between you all, I guess. I'm staying out of it. I'm out of it. I'm not- so I never watch any of Jack's films. I did see the Lexar film, and I'm gonna say it's like this: it looked like an acorn, his penis. It was an acorn. It was just a head and a little bit of foreskin, no shaft. <laughs> yeah, feud of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, yeah, we need somebody to fill the void ever since. Uh... My uh, troll is left. Mm. Uh, supposedly. The blue Lexar. We got a high from John Reddy. What's up, John Reddy? Johnny K. Good man. He's a good man. He's a good man. I like that guy. Anything else before we uh, start taking these uh, calls from the folks? Uh, let's see. Was there anything else on the program? All oh, um, Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. They did not do the turn with Sky Blue. She she's staying good as far as we know. Yeah. For the, now. Uh, AW. This stuff I really like to show. One thing. No more mist. No one in AEW does the mist right. It always looks terrible. It's always really a failure. This might have been the worst. I didn't see anything. Yeah, there was other. like, there was nothing on Julia Hart's face. It was just no. all on her chest. And it was like, yeah, teach people how to do the mist. Yeah, or just you don't need, do it. You need somebody to come in and teach them how yeah. to do it. Hire the great Muda and to be the 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 mist coach the mist trainer great Muda would be able to do two different color mists in one match injure two you like shoot him with the green then shoot him with the red i was like what the fuck or maybe they just need to hire some asians with with mist glands yeah But I enjoyed the wrestling this week. 
Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed AEW, and I tried to enjoy W. I was really trying to get back into watching WWE, but man, that Saudi Arabia show just was like... Yeah, I can't watch it. It's very sickening. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and it's just... They need to get just get rid of Vince altogether. I mean, like he can't have like any public speaking spots. I mean, just 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 remove him somehow if the, if it's possible. I, I don't yeah. think it's possible though. Because just that thought, that statement alone that Saudi Arabia is their new home just that really does not set well with me whatsoever. It's just like here's the man who created the company and he doesn't have any respect for where he made the company you know i mean they're just respect for human life (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wish stone cold would just give him a stunner again you know just say oh hell yeah talk about tony's gifts to sting so that was uh two weeks ago i believe um rick flair we mentioned rick flair was out there but I did listen to Ric Flair on uh, Wrestling Observer with Dave Meltzer. And um, so he signed a two-year deal with uh, AEW. He's going to be on Air Character for two years. Also mm. signed a deal with his uh, energy drink, which sounds very peculiar. It's an energy drink. You know, it's got fruit flavors, but it's made out of mushrooms, which does not sound particularly appetizing. Mm. But That's strange. But I don't know. I'll, I'll try it sometime. But I will say this. It starts off very awkward, but uh, the interview is really good. Once, like, Dave and Rick just start talking, like, because they are old buddies. And um, Rick seemed very happy. I'll have to say this. And he even outright said, he said, ask me back on any time because now they love me doing interviews and I could talk about anything. You really got the idea. It really came across that uh, he's much more free now Rick, uh-huh. where and that's an ongoing theme with a lot of people where you know when you're in wwe you gotta really be careful what you say all, at all times and mm-hmm. he genuinely seemed very uh, happy and he talked about loving the wrestling and he mentioned stuff that to me was clear he actually watches it he mentioned you know daniel bryan match he, uh, the matches he mentioned were, I was like, oh, he actually does watch this stuff. It, it it seems like he's more aware of what's going on with the product than he has been in the past. Because, yeah. I mean, like in the past, uh, we've heard him talk before and he would talk about what he was involved with, but you wouldn't hear him talk about other people's matches or anything. So that that's not, and I did hear him say, in the past that uh, Omega was probably one of the best. Yeah. Um, he, he really put over Omega and MJF. And uh, that makes sense <laughs> to me. You know, uh, people really hate um, Omega. That one's, I, I just don't think you really watch the guy. Yeah. I don't know how you could watch Omega's matches and think the guy sucks. Maybe he's not for you or something. Um, his promos and stuff, not necessarily great. He, um, he's a weird dude, but uh, in the ring, I mean, it's great stuff. And he isn't a, uh, this idea that no one sells. I don't think is really accurate either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I just uh, a lot of people listen to, you know, the people who are so against Omega, and I think they just take their word for it, and they don't actually watch and see for themselves. Yeah, I mean, there is a def- just this hatred for all modern wrestling, which 
it's fine if you if you really don't like it but i just don't know why you keep watching stuff for 30 and 40 years perhaps because it's profitable to get on the internet and bitch about it yeah I mean, that's one thing but what if you're just a fan yeah would be profitable just get on and say you liked it too i don't know yeah i don't know maybe not well people love the negative stuff i mean there he is. There's John Ray. Cakes. Hey. How's it going? What that? So the blue, blue guy slipped. Yeah, well, I haven't seen him in a long time. For a couple year or a year or so now. Ah. He got mad because it was a real like inoffensive joke, I think. He was, you know, he's always been he's you know, Johnny, he's been on interest case for years and years. And I and I said on the show that I was going to make him sit in the corner. Oh, got and he blocked back. me and left the show. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I think it was just because he, he 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 felt like he could always count on Jack to have his back or something. And then when he turned... It was, I had stopped reading a lot of his, like, just really mean-spirited questions for quite a, for a while. So it was mm. probably, like, that added, you know. That, that had something to do with it, too. Yeah. Mm. I didn't mind reading stuff that I think is funny or like, you know, within reason, but stuff that was just like straight up, like really just mean, like I just stopped reading. Yeah. It's weird though that he leaves and I come back. Yeah, he's been gone for a while though. So. Yeah. Maybe you, may, are you saying that you're the blue guy? No. You took the mask no, off? No, it's not a Spider-Man Peter Parker thing. Well, we, we John, as much life. as I love you, let, let's not get the blue guy back. I, I'm fine with him being <laughs> no, gone. No, I said it. Yeah, no. Trust me, we had heat. <laughs> yeah. You guys had heat, too? Yeah. I tried to stick up for you. Oh, that was probably a big uh, no-no for uh, the blue guy. But I appreciate it, John Reddy. Bruce, 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 Bruce. There he is. Lexa's crying like a little bee. She said, Jack has been spewing a bunch of jokes to me, to his own listeners for the past 20 years. Well, you can always hit the bricks, loser. Boom. Come on, guys. Let's hug it out. You could be a total asshole to me, but I can never say anything back. I still want to jump in, but I I'm like like watching it happen too. Like, (laughs) so I'm just gonna like wait. I'm just gonna sit back and watch for. Think about it. Without without being provoked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People don't want to fuck with me. Like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, don't get under your attention. Don't make them notice you or they're fucked. Right? Exactly. So a shout out here to our Hall of Famers. You can uh, join the Headyverse here. Help the show out. Uh, it starts the very lonely three bucks. Uh, so Hall of Famer Steven Simmons. Simply ravishing. Uh, Mikey B, Vic Schiavone, Deadpool on YouTube, 
the geek getaway tech dingoes and our producers el santos world and brian matthew clutter and also big thanks to all the members of the headyverse brian matthew clutter he's a hell of a producer terrible young boy <laughs> producer number one young boy mm-hmm. hawk Tui. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lost john ready yep. he'll be back they always come back what's on your mind mr ghost mm. oh, he even said i'll be back mm. yeah not much i don't know yeah just trying to keep up on some wrestling and it's, yeah, it's hard to do sometimes. I know that, but I, I watched all of the AW programs and uh, ROH, and uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, they're going to have a uh, uh, the the, the uh, final battle. It's going to be free if you're a ROH subscriber. Oh, how much is that? Ten dollars a month. Well, I might as well get it. It'd be cheaper than buying it. Yeah. Well, the, the, you can't even buy it on pay per view. I guess it's oh. only going to be on uh, the the their network, the Honor Club. Mm-hmm. So you could tell, like uh, during like when they're promoting it, like Caprice was trying to get uh, 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 Rickabani to say free, and Rickabani just kept saying like, "Well, if you're a subscriber, you get it as a complimentary." And it was like <laughs> he, he couldn't get him to say free for a while, and then. Finally, Rickabani caved and he said free. Mm. So it's not necessarily free. You got to subscribe to get it. But I think that's good. I think if they kept doing like, you know, their their pay-per-views, say they got six a year or whatever, or, or what whatever they got for Ring of Honor, I think I'd be happy with that if yeah. they just gave you the pay-per-view as well mm-hmm. for, for the for the show. I think that that would be fair if they want to keep this way of, you know, putting their matches up and as long as they give you the the big show for free, I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. So you're paying for the weekly show? Yeah, you got to pay for In- uh, $10 for the month. So you get you get the four. weekly show. Which it's like a lot of it mm-hmm. a lot of it's not like a it's not normally like a great show, but you do get some good stuff there here and there, but like yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, you have to have this because most of it's like dark match stuff, you know? Yeah. Usually I watch the random stuff, so I might be into like stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not putting it over hard because I've kind of been a little disappointed with it. I'm hard for it. And I'm a big, huge cheeseburger mark, so I will just like follow him, his career around. He has made some appearances, but I haven't. (laughs) I haven't seen a whole lot of cheeseburger on there, so yeah. He does. Does he still cool. go by cheeseburger? Or does he go by different his own name now? The last time when I saw him win the title, his name was Cheeseburger, and that was only like a year ago or something, or yeah, a few like, months ago. There, there's another guy who looks a lot like him, and I'm not sure if it's the same dude, but like they're both the same size, and like his name was like Rough, Rough again, or. or <laughs> Leon Ruffergan or something like that. Oh, Leon Ruff. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that's the same dude or not. Google. I have Google. 
Should I Google it? Google it. No, no, I think it was a different guy. Cheeseburger in paradise. He should have came out to that song. Mm. Welcome back, John Ritty. Mr. Ritty. Google's going to think I'm an idiot right now. I'm putting in Cheeseburger's real name. Oh, man. I want to do one of those, like, look up my Google search history kind of things, because mine are fucked up. Like, straight up. Like, my last thing I have in here is, how do I spell scaly? Like, Mm -hmm. scale, having scales. That was my last one. Did Did it inform you? Yeah. <clears throat> I wrote S-C-A-L-E-Y. It does not have an E in it. Well, um, if you ask, like, how do you spell whatever, what, don't you have to know how to spell it to begin with? It autocorrects you, like, in the Google answer. You can turn on your uh, your microphone thing to do the microphone search and then say mm. the word. And then it will bring up the definition, which will show you how to spell it. Mm. I don't. I don't let the government listen to my voice. Well, if you have a phone this, isn't how I normally sound. I have a very high pitched voice, like a uh, like uh, like I'm sucking on helium like all the time. So. Like Judge Doom. Yes, when when he's dying. Yeah, just like that. We must die all the time, mm, Yeah, I'm always making the Judge Doom references. <laughs> like, I love where they dip the shoe in there. It's just like, it's like to scare all the villagers, you know? Like, watch what you'll do if you fuck with us. And then you, the, the shoe's just like a innocent victim. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Are you, Are you gonna going to be Saudi Stevie now? The day they first went there was the day that they were pretty close to when they, uh, the Saudis put that reporter in a suitcase. I know. They cut a dude, killed him. They didn't just, they didn't even kill men, cut him up. They, they offed him by cutting him up. Well, you gotta save time, right? Yes. Jeez. And they have a guy who who does that's like his job is to dismember people. Wow. So let's go around the horn. Who's going to go to the WWE Experience Hall of Fame thing that they got in Saudi Arabia? Who's going to go to it? Negative. Bruce. <laughs> no, no, that would suck. No, Toronto Stevie. No, John Reddy. I'd say it's in the plans. <laughs> How about mm. you, Entry? You saving up to head on over? Not going. Not going. No. I'm gonna go to Dubai with all my money. I'm gonna fuck Saudi Arabia. Yeah, there you go. I hear there's good street food. Anyway, so yeah, street food is. Good. I I was in Boston Sunday, and I didn't even know, but I happened into there was like this uh, festival, and it was all kinds of international foods. 
It was a really good time. I had some um, lamb satay from one uh, food uh, booth and uh, some spring rolls from another. It was really good. Okay. Heck yeah. Uh, Lexar says, by the way, Stephen Butler, Brian Saxton was the ring announcer for WWE Crown Jewel. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I I, I thought that was a little, I, I was wondering what that voice, whose voice that was doing all the announcing when I looked. And I thought, oh, you know, because I'm so used to, I'm so used to. Yeah, probably because women aren't allowed to speak there. Yeah, um, Ricochet's Ricochet's girlfriend doing the announcing on Raw. And I thought, who is that? Thought, oh, Byron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, I will. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead, Bruce. Oh, since I made a Byron Saxton puppet, I'm very much more interested in his career. So I'm yeah, you're, happy you're to see the, him. You're the resident Byron Saxton, Mark. I I looked into a lot of his career. Interesting. A strange person to be interested in. And the lady named Kelly. Like I looked into her too. People I've ever heard. But go on, sir. No, the Kelly lady. She was a NHL like something for a long time. So Stephen might like you. No, no, no. The new, the new, the new announcer that replaced the in this raw report. Kelly, Kelly, doing? I thought it was Kathy Kelly, right? That's my Swack's impression. I'm not sure. We'll learn. Stephen will teach me who the new announcer lady is. So what's on your mind, Mister Boots? Oh, I, I'm sorry, but I did want to bring up that uh, um, the Rhea Ripley entrance into the Crown Jewel Blood Money was the strangest fucking thing I think I've ever seen. Really? It was like. All these like sheiks come out with this cup, and they would just like form a line like on both sides of where Rhea Ripley was going to be walking. And I'm like, I think I know what they're insinuating with this, but what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? What the hell was that? Steven, do you have a clue what that was? I was wondering what the hell I was too. <laughs> was it like, hot? No, it was like uh, I like I don't I don't get it. Was it like a reverse harem? Like all the dudes were like like maybe. for her. I I, I, I didn't know. see it. I'll watch it. It was so strange, but uh, and then like you thought like she might come out with a different type of outfit on or something, but then they just brought her out with her normal theme, and it's like what the hell was that? It's very strange. That's just how people dress there. They were just in their street clothes, like. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It was just like, why are there's like a, a row of sheiks bringing her out? But whatever. They're just like chilling out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was fucking horrendous. That and the comedian, and then then I'm learning about flights to Saudi Arabia, and I'm like, fuck this show. (laughs) 
like I, what, I don't what? I'm not I'm not ever going to Saudi Arabia by choice. Like I would yeah. I would have to be forced by gunpoint to go to Saudi Sounds Arabia. Dangerous a little bit. You know, yeah, it's like I may just have the motherfucker shoot me before I go to Saudi Arabia. I mean, because it's not going to be good when you get there. It's like, just shoot me here. At least I'm here. I mean, at least I can die on my own soil. I, I, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia. I'm, I'm, Beacon I'm not... of Saudi, we got the we got one of the biggest Saudi Arabian marks on, on in the Hediverse here, Taz of the Greek. Hell yeah, it's true. I love I love those. Head chopping fools over there in the middle. Dude, the, be the beautiful yeah. Persian Gulf. I hear yep. it's like the beaches are awesome. Probably yeah, you, are. You know, as long as you. Oh my god! You remind me of something else. They had freaking Logan Paul on a dune buggy, and the freaking sand, and they're like, "Look what Logan Paul was doing earlier," <laughs> and he's driving around in the sand on a dune buggy. Like, Woo! Saudi Arabia. I'm like, fucking hell. And then he's driving through the city, coming to the, the arena. I'm like, this is just fucking bullshit. Wow, I gotta watch that. That's... WWE was around like back in like the early 40s. They'd be like, look at this beautiful, you know, beautiful Germany. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they sympathize with Come whoever. to Auschwitz. Jeez, great place to vacation. And we, the one person right here who says they'll go to the Saudi Arabia experience, so WWE experience, is Mighty Lexar. I would go to Saudi Arabia to visit the WWE experience. Does that surprise anybody? No. So, what is on your mind, Stevie? Before we get to the raw report. Well, actually, I have a confession. <laughs> I didn't. I watched. I watched. So I watched Dynamite and Blood Money this week, but I didn't watch SmackDown, Collision, or Raw. So Whoa! You know it's getting bad when when Stephen <laughs> Butler does not watch Raw. He was so turned off by all the Saudi Arabia propaganda that he was like, "I cannot stomach just <laughs> watching Raw." This I week. wanted to hear about the Miz and like Grayson Waller. And... Damn did? it. <laughs> I mentioned it somewhere. I never heard anyone in my life ever tell me I really wanted to hear about Grayson Waller. I want to hear about him saying like "Good day, mate." Good day, mate. I don't know. So why didn't you watch Raw? Was something going on, or did you just have enough? Well, I just kind of like fell asleep. Actually, now I could give you a blood money report, but I can't give you a Raw report this week. <laughs> Well, well, I saw to... like a good bit of Blood Money, but I didn't. I didn't watch the ending of it. I mean, well, who we'll was Cody to... Rhodes facing off with? A freaking Cody Rhodes. We'll, we'll get that. We'll we'll do that after we hear from Tazza. Then we'll get the Crown Jewel report from Steve. Okay, Tazza, okay. what's on your mind in the world? I watched. Uh, I watched uh, AEW. Whatever AEW had to to present us this with this week, it was pretty underwhelming and uh starting to think uh this aew shit is uh just all in your head jack what well, I'll, I'll give it a little it's, more it's time. real company i mean it, it exists i mean i don't think it's it, it's, it's, it's there 
I'm just I saying. I'm uh, back to New York, uh, Tazo, here in December. Oh, that's cool. What are you doing? I was invited, or Annabelle and I were invited to a, um, a festival. I'm not what exactly kind of a sure festival? where it is. It's a horror movie festival. Like, oh, not like a child child sacrifice festival? No, we we do that in Salem. I was thinking about like a circumcision, like. So I was thinking like Tazo, kind of. Really, I was not thinking that at all. Shock Fest Film Fest. <laughs> so that's cool. We're in Brooklyn. I'm not sure exactly where it is. It just said New York, so uh, maybe just New York City. I don't know. I got. I just got invited to it earlier today, and uh, Annabelle and I might be going. So I, I have to look into it. Well, this time I will. I will come and see you. I will approach you with my hands high up in the air and my palms open. <laughs> I will not make mention. Come of, in peace, sir. Right, of stalking you, hunting you down like a wild animal, right. and murdering you in cold blood. I will never bring that up. All right, fair enough. I'm a pretty <laughs> docile guy, but uh, Annabelle carries a knife and stuff. So she's probably <laughs> yeah, that's not she my knife. The what was that? She would have to for the circumcisions. Exactly. I'm bringing John Reddy with me. Oh, jeez. Remember to get a lighter for the blade so it's like sterilized. It's like. <laughs> That's how people used to pierce ears and stuff back in the I, day. I can use that lighter I used to smoke crack. <laughs> there we go. As Jack has repeated for the last 20 years on this radio bullshit professional <laughs> wrestling podcast, which is why I'm going to literally drive a fucking dagger through his heart so when oh. I run into him uh, in New York City. But you are going to bring that up. I'm not supposed to say that. That's right. Man, when I listened to this back in the day when I didn't know you guys were like I'll feel real, real people. Now that if it really happens. I imagine like one of those curvy wavy <laughs> daggers. You know, you know that you know they'll like have that on, on like a recap clip where they'll be like, and and his co-host is hysterically laughing when Tazo mentions it. I'm just here going, wah! <laughs> it's going to be a barrel of laughs and a barrel of blood when Jack <laughs> comes to New York next time. But I'm not supposed to talk about that. You really don't want to kill Jack, do you? Nah, I love this guy. He's the best, man. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. See? Jack's a good man. Jack is a good man. <laughs> Who else would have like fucking five retards? And, and do a, that's not very nice. There's only one. There's only one Lexar. There's not five of them. No, 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 no. Who would have five perverted degenerates on, and then claim <laughs> that he's like their leader? Or something? Well, I guess I can't. I guess I can't argue that. All right. Uh, see, Lexar Taz is going to gift Jack with a pack of weed. That's not really edgy anymore. I mean, weed's like, like you can go buy weed at like Seven Eleven now. I mean, who cares? Man, you could go down and it's like, you know, and they have like gumball machines with weed in them now. I mean, it's not a big deal. This ain't the fifties. 
Yeah, you don't really hear people talking a whole lot about weed. Like it's like used to be like this thing that like Amen. everybody would wear a shirt and that says like smoke weed or something, and then like smoke weed every day. Then like you got to get the hemp. You got to. It seems like a lot of that's kind of died off since it's like legal in a lot of areas. It's yeah, like, and that's not taboo anymore. That's what they got to yeah. legalize um, uh, heroin, and you know that won't be cool anymore. Hmm. It's goosey, goosey. Oh, was that intro? Yeah, exactly. It was. It. I sorry, Pacific. I was trying to get rid of the because it, it, it covers up when we had. Stop questions. flashing us your masturbation material. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like function key number one on his keyboard. Is that number three or something? F three, F two. Oh yeah, it's two of my two of my things that make me the horniest. Incher and and the rest. How does? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say caress an incher. You look very warm. He's got a he's got almost like mittens. What 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 do you call that when you kind of is that made to do that? Uh the hockey jerseys, the sleeves are big enough to like. Yeah, do it. I used to do that with my old jacket a lot, where I would put my, you know, to keep my hands warm. But I just dick him down to my crotch. Like I don't know what 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 you call that. Just putting your hands in your sleeves, or I don't cupping. Oh. I don't know what you would call that. Oh, Do- he's docking his hands. Docking his hands. Space That's hands. it. Me and Tazo are going to do some docking in New York. That happens down at the docks, right? Like, yeah. Okay. It involves it involves semen. You're right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Remember that time, Goosey, you told us Saudi Arabia owns WWE? Yeah, they do. They almost and, basically do now. It's fucking unbelievable. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for like WWE to come out and condone the Hamas terrorist attacks at this point. Yeah. And I, home. I think Vince has like a just like a sanctuary home there. Just if he gets super convicted and jammed up in the United States, he'll just have a extradition like blocked He's like I mean, I'm living here now they Pow. still have six years of shows they're committed to for the Saudi Arabian propaganda machine wow <laughs> like they'll just sign up for another six after that it's like yeah. seems like they're pretty in love with them I mean hey nothing they're groundbreaking they're allowing women to wear in wrestle and completely basically their entire body is covered up except for their hands and their head mm-hmm. um you know like yeah they're fucking motivating the gay characters can't even go to the country <laughs> so like sammy, sammy Zayn is now a total fucking hypocrite after you know money talks for that bastard <laughs> Yeah, they love making hypocrites out of people. Whenever, like, you say, like, I'd never go to WWE, they always try to bring that person in. He was adamant because the Saudi Arabians and the Syrians don't get along, and now all of a sudden Vince comes up to him with a fucking paycheck, and 
Oh, I love Saudi Arabian culture. Was he just in like a pre-show? He wasn't even on the actual show. When he was on the pre-show. How lame is that? Yeah, this. I think he showed up for Cody. Did like a run-in or something? Yeah, I heard Meltzer talking about. He's like he did a run-in or something. Uh, I feel so damn dirty watching those shows. It's like we, yeah, we and we we did a we did a headies from Saudi Arabia one year. Well, mm-hmm. legitimate. You gave away heads. We did. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lex earlier was saying that like uh, Barbie Richards isn't on the show because I was mean to him and President Clinton, but really. We 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 uh, left them in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we just uh, we uh, had to put the bill for them to come back. They got the Khashoggi treatment. <laughs> I don't think I was ever mean to Clinton. No, and I think Barbie and I were mean to each other. Or not really mean. It was just busting balls, as they say. But he definitely didn't leave because of that. All right, inch baby, inch daddy, are we ready for the crown jewel report? Uh, has Goosey discussed what he wanted to talk about? He basically stole my words, though. So, yeah. Oh, okay. That is just the Saudi Arabia thing, and how it's just—it's just—it's ridiculous. Although I will say, I'll give a tip of the cap to Logan Paul. Stephen will probably talk about this, but. Uh, he saved uh, Rey Mysterio from goddamn paralysis. I don't know. I think Ray. I think he was out of step though. He was like too far away from Ray. Uh, like, uh, no, if Ray, if he would have missed Ray, Ray would have landed directly on the top of his head and paralyzed. Yeah, himself. but Ray was expecting him to be closer. I would think than yeah. where Logan Paul was. But I, I mean, yeah. you do got to give him credit because he did. At least he did catch him, and there wasn't a, a bad thing. And then he and, took his title, and it's like, how disrespectful is that? It was like, yeah, it's like, it's like uh, the the WWE puts over Logan Paul uh, over Rey Mysterio. It's like oh. this guy who's barely even a wrestler. They're like, well, you oh, knew they were gonna have to something him. with a celebrity and us, and they wanted the headlines. And so it's a celebrity wins an Oscar. Right? But if AEW had a Rey Mysterio, would they have like some? You know, celebrity come in and beat him legit for his title. Well, I don't think AEW would do a show in Saudi Arabia. So well, no. There, but, but, and, that, and that's really the whole gist of why LaPaul even won is because it was a celebrity. And uh, if yeah, this was a show it, in fucking Omaha, they wouldn't have had Logan Paul go over. If they got if AEW goes to Saudi Arabia and and they got like propaganda material and everything, I think I'm done. I'm, the end of wrestling for me. Yeah. yeah, it's just like God, forget this shit. I could I could go watch TNA, but I don't know. I don't. Uh, TNA. It's just not going to be the same as what it was. Yeah. TNA is back, baby. Bam! What's up, young star? Yeah, the Brian Elvises are back. The Johnsons and Sports Entertainment. Yeah, I saw someone even post a picture of the Johnsons and like, how what would they be like to, in today's wrestling? I'm like, probably as nothing as they were back then. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why would they be a big deal today? 
One guy yeah. like, they'd be monsters today. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. All right. Now it is time once again. Uh, this will be a little bit off, but we got to play it anyway. Sorry, Arabian. Wait a minute, wait a minute. After our two hours, our two hour wait, let's get to the raw report. No fucking history! Raw report! Ah, Saudi Arabia! Crown Jewel! Boom! Mm-hmm. Let's call it Blood Money, it's real name. Blood yeah, Money Report, blood there money. we go. Hmm. So, like I said, I didn't see Raw, so let's do a Blood Money report. So, Blood Money, actually, it, it, it looks good, um, but, okay, so the opening match, Seth Rollins taking on Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew was kind of the heel. I, I actually, I, th- I thought I heard some boos for Drew during this match, um, and so Seth, Seth Rollins, um, actually, Halfway decent match. Drew hit some clay, hit a claymore, went for the pin, and Seth would kick out. Seth tried for the, I think he got one stomp in, and Drew still kicked out. Um, the finish came when Drew went for another claymore. Seth got out of the way, hit the pedigree uh, as a prelude to the stomp, stomped him again, and then pinned him. Stomp that ass. And then after the match, Damian Priest runs down to the ring with his briefcase, but he's stopped by Sami Zayn, who steals it. <laughs> steals the briefcase, runs away. And we there was this brief backstage segment with um, Rhea Ripley and Drew McIntyre. So I think that the Drew McIntyre heel turn is probably imminent. He's like lost. So he's lost to Roman. He's lost to Gunther, and now he's lost to Seth. So, like, this is probably what's going to drive him over the edge and turn him heel. Now, leading up to uh, Blood Money was um, they were really really trying to make a big deal out of this women's five-way match, which was up next. And in the end, exactly what I thought, this was just a complete fuck-up of a match. Mm. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler versus Zoe Stark versus Raquel Rodriguez. Like you were saying before, they're all covered in head to toe. Mm. And this was just like um, uh, a fucking mess. Uh, I'll give it a call. Didn't didn't Shayna have like a karate gi on for most of the match? (laughs) Actually, more than a few of them had black tops. So... At one point, I was trying to figure out who's who is that again. Um, like I think mm-hmm. they all had like I think Shayna had a black top on with like white pants, or maybe it was a gi. I don't know. Rhea had one. Um, they should I, all wrestle in like beekeepers uh, suits. <laughs> but basically, Rhea yeah. Ripley Rhea Ripley retained her title. I think she. Um, um, Hit the riptide on, I think it, it might have been Zoe Stark and it was Zoe Raquel 
and Shayna were um, all one on top of the other, and Rhea just uh, pinned. I think Shayna Baszler, but this was just this was just a fuck, a fuck, a fucking match mess. Um, exactly what I thought it was gonna be, and um, um, anyway, so we get the next one was John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. And I'm just wondering if this is a prelude, whether it's, I don't know, to John Cena's retirement. Mm. It started out um, Cena and Solo having, you know, a 50-50 match, you know, Cena getting lots of offense, trying to hit his, um, uh, trying to hit his FU move on Solo Sokoa. Solo trying to hit the um the 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 old the umaga um thumb to the throat spike the stumble and spike and um eventually yes it's like Cena is like starting to starting to get you know the the old guy is starting to you know lose a step to the younger guy Solo just hits all these Samoan spikes on John Cena, and Cena just kept going down. And I expected him to make a comeback, but he but he wouldn't, and he just kept getting even more Samoan spikes. And then finally, <laughs> he just pinned John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> just, Ooh, just pinned him. I want to watch that. <laughs> That's another guy who's sold out. John Cena wasn't he refusing to go to WWE? That's what the women wrestling in Arabia. Hell yeah. That would be those hard. are kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put the, put their finger in the air holes. Wait. I did I read. say that out loud? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised John Cena did the uh the show. You think it could possibly hurt his uh movie career but he was all weepy odd while he was leaving though he was like all kind of like kind of looking like he might he like steven said he might he might he might retire yeah did he apologize to china i was wondering about that he needs to i wonder how they talked him into doing it money man i watched this thing about him on total divas like, and how it was like the worst decision John Cena ever made because it like really exposed him as being like, a yeah, asshole, a total asshole businessman, like, yeah, asshole he had, guy. He had rules for his house where he, <laughs> like, he had like a whole list of rules, and it was pretty crazy stuff. It's hilarious. Anyway, yeah. He's like, do not put the eggs in the egg holder. Keep them in the carton. <laughs> yeah, he's totally not chill in word life. Like he's like opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe do not go in the basement where I keep all the uh, the uh, whales. Ooh, does he have one of those under like like basement aquariums or something? So there's something. Some, there's cool. a report about him being like the top water user of uh, <laughs> like of Florida at one time. <sighs> like as much water as all of Disney World or something. Man, yeah. I used to watch watch that show where they built those like like tanks in people's houses. Like, 
tank. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. I knew some girl. Oh, wow. Anyway. Yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> Blackstar's still crying like a little biatch in the chat room. He's taking off. No Lexar tonight. No, we're not cool, bitch. Biatch. Little weenie bitch. But yeah, he's, like, he's alright. So, blood money. Blood money. Blood so money. Blood money. Give me the blood money. So next we get the Miz. That Miz TV segment with that, whoever that person was who came down, but basically yeah. it was it was an excuse for Miz to beat up uh, Grayson Waller because Grayson Waller interrupts and then Miz just gives him the skull crushing finale and then whoever this guy was I think he gave him a, a people's elbow. Um, I don't know who big I, I don't know who, what this was all about. Never but. seen him before. He is not relevant in the United States of America. I, I I don't know. You can't you can't bring a guy out like that and be like, he's funnier than Dave Chappelle. It's like, well all right, you better those are some big shoes to fill. You can't just say he's funnier than Dave Chappelle and then the guy just comes out and he kicks the kicks Grayson Waller. <laughs> A Saudi Arabian comedian in Saudi Arabia. What's he allowed to joke about? Like, yeah, really. Like Ibra, unsalted Ibra butter. Al Hajjaj is that this guy's name? What? <laughs> he Ibrahim uh, Al Hajjaj. Yeah, that's the guy oh. that's funnier than uh, than uh, every comedian that ever existed, according to Michael Cole. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, Michael Cole's hilarious. You could trust him. Uh-huh. Let's see. What has he done? He's been in the movie Alcoholat, Rashashaj, Massamere County. What? Jonathan Jackson here Ooh. says he, he jokes about how the women think they have rights. <laughs> uh -oh. Oh. I could just end it at the women think. These are just goddamn <laughs> Oscar classics here. You're reciting that this guy's been in me. I mean, I think I'm going to a film fest or film festival to see him all next week. That's how excited I. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So next up, we get Logan Paul versus Rey Mysterio for the U.S. title, and 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 I thought this was uh, the right move to make. Logan Paul, Logan Paul wins the U.S. title, um, beats Rey Mysterio. Um, you thought this knuckles. was the right move? Yes. Why? Because I because there's that fucker. Look at. <laughs> Does he look funny? <laughs> his his well, outfit looks funny. Yeah. Yeah, and he like pulled it up and like made it like where his legs would like so he could like kick. Like I, I don't know. I'm not sure what you call that. Like nice. it had like it had like like he tied it off or something. I don't know. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That guy's gonna main event WrestleMania next year. Yeah. He's fun. He's funnier than Dave Chappelle, apparently. So. Yeah. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman forever, and Cody Rhodes with Ibrahim. <laughs> he's gonna end Reigns streak. I mean, I mean, you had Logan Paul lost to Roman Reigns, and I guess he's gonna. I guess he's. Um, Gonna stick around WWE for a while, so give him a second tier title. And spoiler alert, um, but he beat a legend, Rey Mysterio. It's like you're gonna have Ray job to a guy who's not even like a, a real wrestler. Lame, but I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm spoiling the main event, but I'd rather see. L.A. Knight feuding with this Logan Paul instead of going for the world title. Um, so, great. Yeah, so Logan Paul, you know, he gets the brass knuckles. Um, at first, um, Andrade shows up and um, tries to stop Logan Paul's uh, lackey from giving him the brass knuckles. But he, but um, they wind up, I think, on the ring apron somewhere, and Logan Paul just grabs them and knocks Ray out and pins him. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but we, I, we just got a thing on Facebook to join YouTube's brand content, um, which helps us, like, supposedly get like brands will pay us to be on the on in your head, whatever. But anyway, according to the settings. Our three highest fan base enter. Does this sound accurate to you? Our basketball. We're very high amongst basketball fans. Yeah. Hoops. Rock music fans. And avid political news readers. <laughs> That's our three biggest demographics. Yeah, I don't know about that. I thought you were going to say Saudi Arabian citizens. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what he's going to hit me with at first. I was, I'd be like, Back what? in the day when I used to do the cooking with Jack videos, we actually did have a lot of Saudi Arabian viewers. Yeah, so these are the top five. Basketball, rock, avid, political, newsreaders, comedy movie fans. We get three out of five. So we get four out of five with basketball, rock, and avid comedy political movie. readers, and three out of five with comedy movie fans, and documentary and nonfiction TV fans. Those see, ones uh, seem a little more accurate. See, you yeah. mentioned Ibrahim Alajuju or whatever the fuck his name is, and all the people flocked to the show. And then our top four shopping interests of the last sixty days are uh, number one, media and entertainment. Now that makes sense. Number two, Mother's Day shopping. Everyone who listens in your head is looking for Mother's Day gifts. <laughs> All year is... round. Yeah, that's how they go out on dates. Like just like Are you a mother? Here. Four is and... home and garden services. And number five. Uh, for in your head audiences, cars and vehicles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, I don't strange. think that's. I don't think that's anything. 
Supposedly, we have a brand branded paid promotion on our homicide interview from eight years ago. We're not, I don't ever see money from it. And our feature, they, they, there are two move, uh, videos that they featured are our Ron Killings interview and Rock and Roll Express Ricky Morton. Wow. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know. That's what YouTube decided. Anyway, here you go. Go back to the your the re review of of uh, blood money. I'm sorry. Blood I just found that money. all very odd. So, so the main event of the show: Roman Reigns defending the um, if whatever the title, money. whatever that title is called now. Uh, I can't even remember because he hasn't defended it in like several months against L.A. Knight. Um, uh, yeah, Hello, so is that like on. the Mr. T people or something? You were all about the Mother's Day, exactly. Hmm. So, oh no, I think I, I skipped over a match, didn't I? Yeah, what? I think I did. <laughs> EO Sky defending the women's title against Bianca Belair. Yeah, that's that's the one I missed. And so that was he's my favorite. The triumphant return of Carrie Sane in this match. Carrie Sane is back in WWE. She interferes on behalf of uh, EO Sky. And Pete Bailey also interferes on behalf of EO Sky. Um, uh, Bianca is almost counted out of the ring. She barely gets back into the ring just in time to get hit by the over the moon salt. And then EO Sky wins and retains the women's title. Um, but Carrie Sane is back in WWE. Next up is Damian Priest versus Cody Rhodes. Um, and uh, again, it kind of went where I thought, you know, it doesn't matter that Damian Priest has that um, briefcase. Cody Rhodes just owned him in this match and hit a bunch of uh, crossroads and pinned uh, Damian Priest. Um, and then finally, the main event, Roman Reigns. I'm kind of conflicted because I didn't want either of those people to win. <laughs> I would have been all right if the Crown Prince just came out and just got all that blood from them, cut their heads blood off. From his dome. Well, maybe not Damian Priest. I don't want to see him get killed. I mean, I just don't like his. I just don't like his whole character, but. Yeah, but he seems like a good dude. Yeah, he seems all right outside of that. Cody Rhodes, on the other hand, go ahead and chop his head off or whatever you want to do. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to see Cody get killed, but I'm not a fan of the man. What if they did it out of sight? <laughs> Like, just took him to the back. You didn't have to see it. You just knew it happened. I guess that would be all right. No. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go refill. I need uh, some drinkage. I'm all out of uh, tea and coffee. All righty. But I shall be right back. All right. So do not fret, young fellows. So we had an entertaining main event here. L.A. Knight had a lot of um, had a lot of offense in on Roman. 
Roman had his usual interference. Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa showed up. Um, they 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 hit hit their finishers. Roman hit some spears, um, Superman punches, but LA Knight wouldn't go down. Um, LA Knight, I think he did get the blunt force trauma in, but Roman kicked out. Um, but in the end, I think it was Jimmy Uso um, super went for a super kick, but um, LA Knight uh, blocked it. But he was, but the the distraction allowed uh, Roman to hit. I think he hit one more spear, um, and uh, pinned LA Knight. And so the show goes off the air with Roman Reigns retaining the title. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of thought that I, I expected Roman to keep on keep the streak and didn't think yeah. LA had the chance. Was gonna was the guy? Was not the guy, obviously. Um, I don't think that was right to put uh, Roman. Like, I don't think they should have made that match. I mean, because LA Knight's on the rise, and it's like, why would they want him to lose already, you know? <laughs> but I, I don't know. But Crown Jewel, but the whole event just seems to be like it exists in its own, in its own universe. Hmm. Like, as soon as they go back to Survivor Series, it's like it's as if Crown Jewel never existed. So, you know, like, I don't know. Like, but like I said, I think now that, now that, um, Logan Paul is the U.S. title, I'd really like to rather see LA Knight challenge for that title next instead of trying to keep going for the world title. Yeah. But that's just my preference. It might happen. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be a good, like, s clash of styles. You know, they'd be like more street fighty and like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, scrappy. You could even build it as a mania match if you want to give it a few months rather than blowing it off in, in um, before the end of the year. So um, that's my blood. Unfortunately, I didn't. I I saw some clips of Raw, like um, uh, Seth Rollins and and um, Sami Zayn. Kicking off the show, um, because like Sammy wants wants a shot at the world title or whatever title that Seth has the world heavyweight title. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he says, "Oh no, I wanna I wanna face you when you're when you're healthy, I guess, or something like that." Basically, it was a baby face, baby face promo that they had. Um, they had some matches. Um, <laughs> Again, these were just highlights, so I really didn't see Raw, unfortunately. So I can't give you a full-fledged Raw report. Yeah. But, yeah. No oh, well. But I will say this: um, I did see Dynamite, and I have to admit that Babyface MJF really sucks. <laughs> I just haven't. I'm not into this Babyface MJF. I think either he should be like a like a Steve Austin baby face where he doesn't change mm. or he should just go back to being a heel. Well, I haven't enjoyed like the whole Max Caster bit of it. I think they need to get away from that. I mean, I think they're kind of scrambling what to do because, uh, you know, Adam Cole got hurt and that kind of threw him for a loop. Mm -hmm. But, uh, um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think, I think it'll be better when 
they get him back into like the normal feuds with uh like with uh, Adam Cole and everything. I think the Jay White thing they just kind of did that because of all of this, but I really don't like him without the belt. I think they need to get the belt back on him. And mm-hmm. like I mean I I hate that whole person stealing the belt thing and just keeping it away from him. It's it's so overused. So I I like MJF uh, as a face. I think he isn't pretty well. Isn't Christian stealing a belt currently, or didn't he just do that? Yeah, he just did that with uh, yeah. Luchasaurus. Like when Luchasaurus won, he was carrying his belt, but then he actually won it. So it is yeah. now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We'll have to uh, wait and see what happens with that. But. <laughs> Yeah, I made a Christian video with a whole bunch of Christian peeps things. So I've been watching a lot of Christian mm-hmm. stuff. I've He's the man. Made, I've seen you made one for Lexar with like a Wendy Williams <laughs> talking over like a crocodile or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was looking for alligator things, uh, as you what? do. And Why is an alligator talking with the Wendy Williams? Like, what? What's it, that's a thing. That's a meme. It's a it established is. meme. Oh. It like happened in like 2017, I guess. When it oh. and it's oh. like Puka the alligator. Puka the alligator. It's like that sexy alligator. That a yeah. Sexy alligator. Sexy. Yeah, that has like. I don't know. And it, then it has like Wendy Williams, like someone cut in Wendy Williams doing well, voice into it. So it's like Lexar's like wet dream kind of. See, that's why I wasn't going to get into the argument because I've been like making troll things for Lexar. <laughs> I would think the tail would get in the way of, you know, having sexual encounters with the alligator. Alligators have a lot of muscles in that tail, so they could probably move it over. Just move it. Maybe missionary with the with an alligator. Did you finish this? Did you finish the uh, blood money report? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Stephen had to knock that one out of the park. He was like, he he got the blood money report in there. So was it a good show? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I would give it a thumbs up. You know, I, I you know, <laughs> you can't do anything about where it's located, but as far as the in-ring stuff goes, you didn't like it? Uh, the, all the propaganda. I didn't watch the whole show, but just all those packages just made me sick, and I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> well, you can always, I mean, did you watch it live? Because you can always fast forward through the stuff you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. He's got a band for him. Yeah. And then we start talking about the Nile River. And then that's when we got onto the subject of uh, crocodiles. And Wendy Williams. Not really. It came up naturally, actually. 
All right. So, should we get to these questions? Jack of the show. What the hell is happening? He's playing the Monica. All right. All right. Nice. Nice. It's my All right. What? Shit, I thought I was muted. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Fuck you. You the microphone. No, I was all good. I was working on my writing while I was listening to you guys. I could have swore I hit fucking mute. I was... No. That's what. That's why I watched in your head in the first place because stuff like that happened all the time. <laughs> that's why I like it. <laughs> What's so on your shirt, like uh, Tazo? I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. What's on your well, shirt? Well, I got a YouTube just... channel, bro. So if you want to go check it out, I got like um videos on there of me playing yeah, different yeah. stuff. That's pretty awesome, playing the harmonica. Thank you. Heck yeah. Does Bruce have a sex toy in his hand? I was going to show you. I, I was going to say, I put a piece of cheese in this balloon, and a mouse ate it. Why did you put cheese in a balloon? I, I didn't. It's a, it's a rubber mouse, and I put a balloon over its head. But I thought it'd be a good story. You put a balloon cheese in the balloon so the mouse like does yeah, this and then a mouse trap they crawl in the balloon and suffocate and die there you go life hack of the day anyway <laughs> look at Intra's face <laughs> did you freeze Intra or are you just really I'm just uh captivated by the I, I do have like uh John, start start playing the harmonica. How to use condoms <laughs> if we get bored though too. So how to use a condom. That's always good. That is good for all the all the people out there. They should know how to use And I have a condom if we eat it officially. Whoa. I came prepared. Well the most large one. The most with the cheese. That's what they call into a humble brag. He's like, I've been to have a condom here. It's like the double XL. Thick brag, bro. <laughs> yeah. Tazo, are you a size queen? Oh, I, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> oh, please. But speaking of perverted and uh, de degenerate things, I did How watch... How do you know perverted and degenerate, then, if you don't know what it is? I, I don't know, but, but speaking of things like that, because I'm sure that's what it was... <laughs> I'm surrounded. I saw that sky blue um, Willow Nightingale mm. and uh, that missed uh, spot that she that she really screwed up uh, with, yeah. with Julia Hart. Yeah, when yeah, when it tough. happened, I wasn't sure what happened, and then I saw that Julia Hart had blue. I didn't see anything on her. It was uh, it, the commentators were just like, "Oh, she's you know." It was on her they chest. It was on her chest. In yeah. A, in AEW, it's always really horrendous. Well, she missed the face, and it was like all on her chest, on Julia Hart's chest. So. I like videos like that. 
I do. I did like whenever uh, Julia was selling it though. She called her like wretched. She said, "You wretched woman," or something. Or, Julia Hart's great. She awesome. should be uh, women's champ. You ever do any misting, Tazo? No, I've never done any misting. You know, I thought uh, that all, a lot of the matches weren't very good. I did like the, um, the one match that I liked a lot was the Daniel Garcia versus Trent Beretta match was the one decent match on the three shows. I watched all three oh, yeah. AEW shows this week. That's pretty impressive if you fucking ask me because I don't really watch fucking wrestling anymore. But I watched all three of those shows. And like I told you, I was not really very impressed but that was a pretty good match. I really do like uh, Daniel Garcia. I like him. Uh, eh? is, that, is that his name or am I fucking yeah. that up? No, you got name. it. You got it. Yeah, I like the dancing that he does. It's pretty pretty, pretty spot get, on. It's get, pretty gets funny. You, gets you stiffy. It doesn't get me stiffy, but if you've lived in Brooklyn, New York, when like you get into a fight with a Puerto Rican on the street, usually they start the fight by dancing like that. So it's very... Uh, you know, it's it's on. Uh, you know, anyway, so that that guy then and his magic turn You're jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying That's day. Right. I actually have a question. So back in the day, out of Canada, I would see this tag team. I think called Jagged 2.0, right? That's those two guys, Daddy Magic. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Daddy Magic. Is, should be on. Get more. Uh, TV time. I'm a huge fan of that. It looks like they're breaking. They're breaking up. The... Oh, they can't. They can't break this team up. This is a team I think they well, really uh, missed the boat on. Cool hand Ange. He's like kind of flirting with Ruby Soho, and like oh yeah, but he's, he's not having her. any of it. Yeah. And then uh, 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 the other guy, he came in and he was like, "What the hell's with this?" You know. <laughs> That's so that guy's name is Angelo Parker. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. the, so, the, uh, the one with the comb and then the other one is uh, uh, Daddy, uh, Magic. Daddy Magic. Yeah. Right. So I was going to ask if one inch bicep was ever in a situation where like his friend was getting was interested in a girl and then he kind of like left him in the dust like Angelo Parker left Big Daddy Magic. Have I ever had a friend who left me for a for a girl? And I left he for, totally for big mama. He totally point. ignored the uh, bros before hose code and just went on. Yes, business. Correct. Yeah, that probably the time Jack was like all about big mama, and he was leaving me and just said, "You go, you go to the arcade or something, Incher. I'm, I'm with Big Mom." And then Incher's eyes lit up and he's like, "Ooh, Dig Dug! <laughs> you have to tell me twice." <laughs> you do know Incher's a big Dig Dug fan. The biggest Dig Dug fan. Mm-hmm. All right, bros before hoes, Incher. But what about arcade? What about, are they before bros or what? See, but we can both just go to the arcade. <laughs> well, we both can go to the hotel. I don't know. <laughs> Look, this is the this is the incident he was talking about. Me and Big Mama. Oh, look at look at Jack. You can tell he's like lower with the hand there. Were were your pants red too? 
I was a much bigger man. Jack was a much bigger man back then. What? Those were cool. Big Mama. Well, gents, the clock struck 12, and it's time for me to go. All right, Drop there, Stevie. Out to that picture of me and Big Mama. Good night, Steve. Steve, yeah, yeah, ain't you? Yeah, I'm kind of tired tonight. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm the biggest bitch there ever was. Do you blame me, Taz? Although Big Mama's hitting on you, you gotta go. Uh, you know, I can talk to Inter anytime. Like, was that the last? Me. Was that the last time you got a piece of a uh, piece of ass? Big Mama. Yeah. No. Uh. <laughs> All right, Nikhil Callahan. Oh shit. 25 years ago today, the Hardcore <laughs> Championship debuted. Any memories yeah. you'd like to share? Fuck that shit. 25 <laughs> years ago, the Hardcore Championship. I like Crash Holly running around with the Hardcore Championship. That's true. Honestly, the first like year or so had some entertainment stuff. Uh, then it became bullshit. Does Nikhil even, was he even born yet? That's a good question. Was, what does he remember about the hardcore? People yeah, he was like a little baby. He was in his he was in his diapers watching that Ibrahim guy, you know, telling he's like, Look, mama, this guy's as funny as Dave Chappelle. <laughs> oh, shouldn't the kill got that started, eh? Exactly. He'll ask us in 20 years we're doing the show, and he's like, 20 years ago today, Ibrahim Samanella uh, was a crown jewel. <laughs> What are your memories? What did his what, pants look like? What's your favorite movie with Abraham Saul McGee? Yeah. Mine is Asanaka with... 7. Are you intrigued? <laughs> what is you Nikhil? know what? I like Nikhil. He's a good man. That would be great. What does he know? He was probably on a on an airplane on you know on his way out of Saudi Arabia. His parents were probably getting kicked out. I, I met Nikhil. Did you know that, Talzin? I did know that, yes. Is that why they kicked him out? Because we met Jack? Yeah, we had a good time. We went to a bar. Right. Went to a bar, and uh, I had a, a, a seltzer water with a lemon. Nikhil had a Coca-Cola, and Dobbs had a lemonade. Three badasses. Boom. Yeah. Patrick Al here. He's saying the Bella twins are hot mamas. I respect them as women, though. I don't what are they going to be called, though? They, they still retain the rights to their name, apparently. I thought they didn't. It was the no, whole they, thing. They, yeah, they recently said they did. They still have them. There it is, me, Dobbs, and Dekeel. That was in Soho. Not Ruby Soho, but Soho in uh, England. That looks like the scene from Train Spotting 
when mm. the one crazy dude stabbed the other the other bar patrons and then took the bag of money and walked out on all the junkies if you you remember that scene but probably you don't friend of mine my brother loved that movie yeah a friend of mine um i won't say their name because some of you guys would know him but um told me that uh he can't watch that movie because it actually is the one movie in his opinion, that really captures the feel of, uh, yeah. of uh, doing the heroin. Heroin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a uh, recovering uh, heroin user. and It, it brings back, uh, it makes him actually want to do it. Which is weird because I would think the movie would actually make you not want to do it. But he says it uh, actually captures the yeah. feel. Yeah, in my hometown, there was a lot of people doing that stuff. But yeah, I watched a, like a interview of John Johnny Rotten doing a tour of London on a bus, like he, and yeah, and it was like an hour long, and he was just like, "Hey, poor people," just like yelling at people. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say he watched a documentary of Ian Rotten. No, there's a fucking former guest. Ian on was the one show. of the poor people. Yeah. <laughs> There's a real honest, hardworking American. <laughs> I'm gonna get Ian Rotten back on. Catch up with Ian. See what's going on. Mm-hmm. Have you fraud anybody lately? <sighs> Bella twins are hot mamas. Hot mamacita. <laughs> on this day in 2006, WWE releases Dion Dion Ichio Torres. Psychosis. Torres was arrested for allegedly stealing a car in Baja, California on October 9th. I did not know that. Did you enjoy his WWE run? No, but I was a big fan of Psychosis and WCW. Mm-hmm. And wasn't there a story out recently how he like saved a lady like that was oh, getting know. robbed recently? So let's him. let's let's give him some comeuppance here. Yeah. He, he, he he's a good dude. Wasn't he part? Of, was he in Mexico's in his W? Yeah, yeah. Mexico's, I mean, yeah. good lord! You think you think in wrestling like they had the real racist stuff like way back in the day? You think, but it really is. It was not even that long ago they were doing stuff. Yeah, they were doing yeah. pretty bad stuff. Yeah, I always thought with psychosis, like some wrestlers don't need a mask, but he was so ugly that he could have used the mask. Kind of uglier looking dude. I thought he was a damn handsome <laughs> man, Bruce. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He was yeah, just like. His mask ruled with his hair and stuff. Yeah, no, it looked good. I liked it. Uh, yeah, with his mask off, though, I was like, eh. It's like Gene Simmons without the makeup on. Yeah. Eh. Did he get your dick hard? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. On this uh, day, movie was pretty, uh, pretty handsome man. Mm-hmm. He didn't need a mask. Yeah, but sometimes it's not. It's not like they're necessarily covering themselves up because they were like hideous. It was well, like, in the wrestling culture. I am, yeah, but I hate how fans get mad if people film Ray with his mask off now, and it's like he took his mask off in WCW. Yeah, he wrestled it without it, and remember he had the little mm-hmm. horns. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. Day, you know. I mean, 
I could see if he never did, but but yeah, yeah. he was actually on TV like for quite a while without the mask. Probably yeah, that's where the context became big with him because he'd like mm-hmm. draw you away with the context. He was like, I'm still crazy. Looked like a little child. Yeah. He still kind of looks <clears throat> like a kid. On this day in 2007, WWE announces the effective immediately all violations of the company's wellness policy will be made public. Chris Masters is the first man publicly outed under the new rules. He's suspended for two months on the next day. Was this a good decision? Um, Hmm. I don't know, but uh, I just know what they really shamed him when he came back on TV and they kept making fun of him for being smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Like that was really, you... you know, that's really mixed signals. It's like get clean, but it's more like don't get caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably why Carlito left kind of too. Well, he always said like they're really friends. Yeah. Well, they're friends. Okay. On this day in 1997, Bret Hart officially signs with WCW. In an interview a month later, Hart revealed his contract was $2.5 million, up from $1.5 million base annual salaries getting in WWF for three years. A lighter schedule and reasonable creative control. Why did Bret Hart fail in WCW? Well, WCW is kind of, a, you know, is really going downhill at that point. That was kind of the start of it starting to go downhill. Well, Goldberg happened though after that, but Goldberg wasn't good for Brett. No, Goldberg was still was still was around before Brett came in. But didn't they uh do they did the he won the title like uh Brett came in during when when this when they really uh like ninety seven. It was that. It was this thing. The, the where they really. It's like ninety six, ninety seven. You know, it was it was the big build up of Sting, and then like he doesn't win the title, and they had the weird fast count. And Brett comes in and tries mm-hmm. to do off the, uh, and it's really when things started to uh, started to slide. But and, you had, um, you had the big uh, title reign when Goldberg won the belt. And then, yeah, I'm uh, not saying there was nothing good, but it is when things started to go downhill. Oh, he was just too whiny. He was like, he like, well, I, his I character really was whiny. Uh, I think they really used him for shit in WCW. He was yeah. off like he was the hottest guy in all wrestling. Well, yeah, yeah. There was a video place in town that had all the VHS of all of the pay per views and. I like bought them all and like watched that whole thing when he came in. Like he was a weird fit really for WCW cool. at that time. Yeah. Because WCW at that time, like he's like a no even though he's a good promo in WWE, I think during the Heart Foundation stuff. Like he came in when it was really starting to be more you know, just promo based and mm. stuff. And um it, he was not used well. No. But how long yeah. was not that long after that his brother died and his heart wasn't yeah. in it after that? Yeah, yeah. How long was his contract for? Like, could three he have... years. three years? Could he have gone back to WWE? I mean, probably, cause... but at that time, it's when uh, his after his brother died, so the, and then he got the then he got you know hurt and stuff. So. Mm. 
Um, have you seen the movie The Terrif? It's not The Terrified. It's just Terrifier One and Two. Yes, I've done interviews with basically everyone in the movies and the director. They checked those off ha- without your head. I haven't ever seen them, but I've heard. I about think them. you would like them. They're very uh, '80s slasher esque, but uh, uh-huh. more graphic. I would. I always could say the first one's like an '80s slasher if they didn't have to worry about uh, being censored. Yeah. I prefer the first one. The second one was uh, a, did huge, actually. A uh, very low-budget movie and made millions and, and played for weeks and um, really helped other independent horror movies get a theatrical release because of it. Did you like How Hollow's Yeah, that's the original one. Um, I actually think Terrifier is a lot better. Yeah, well, I was uh, sitting there one night I finally decided to check out the the, the Art the Clown shit, right? So what I find is all Hollow's Eve. Yeah. And it yeah. gets right to the end where they, they no spoilers, but it's basically empty. So the clown's really gonna jump on your TV. Right at that point, two o'clock in the morning, I never get phone calls, fucking phone ring. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm a fan though. Terrifier 2's uh probably the most graphic movie I've ever seen in a theater. Very graphic, crazy movie. Um the third one, the the they just re-released the second one in the theaters and they they dropped the new trailer and the third one is coming out in 2024. Uh, Bully Ray on WWE Crown, but yeah, you can go listen. I interviewed um, uh, the director Damian Leone and um, Art, the guy played Art the Clown in the second in Terrifier, Terrifier Two. Um, David Howard Thornton uh, before the before there was Big Buzz because I watched it and really liked it, and then had him on the show, and then um, the uh, movies really by word of mouth, low budget, people really start talking about it was like a cult hit and then the second one really blew up uh bully ray and wwe crown jewel and for wrestling fans like chris jericho's bully ray and wwe crown jewel it was a glorified house show Ah. i think it was propaganda for saudi arabia yeah yeah, but the house show i think is kind of silly i mean it had big matches on it The Creed Brothers and Ivy Nile signed their contracts to officially join the Raw roster. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who you are. Well, I'm sure yeah. that's cool. I'm sure they're great. Uh, oh, I forgot. Uh, I have to send. Uh, I forgot. Bad on me. But uh, Dave Deadman did send me his uh, contact information to send you ready. I'll do that after the show. Okay. Uh, no spoilers and proceeds to drop all the spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. You said the five, five-year-old movie, dude. <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts recently returned to television for AEW in line with The Righteous. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's a good fit, like, character-wise, but The Righteous are good promos. I don't think they necessarily need. And Jake's Look, I'm a huge Jake the Snake fan, but boy, his uh, voice is really rough now. He's uh, it's he's having a hard time talking, which is unfortunate. Yeah, one of the best talkers of all time. 
<laughs> but uh, character-wise, I think that they actually fit. <laughs> WWE's on the verge of announcing a new television home for WWE NXT. CW Network and WWE have been in deep discussion for weeks about NXT. The deal is expected to be around five years long, and once signed, it would easily be the biggest increase for WWE NXT media rights fees ever. Thoughts? I mean, I, I don't really care that... I mean, I don't care if somebody makes... WWE makes money. It doesn't really interest me, but um, I don't know. There, there was a time when I really liked NXT when it was like really presented as the third brand, like the cool alternative brand and um they got a they've gone back and forth with that is it the cool alternative brand or is it developmental mm-hmm. i think it can really be a mix of, the, of both it doesn't really work events really killed it for me like when they did the w yeah, nxt 2.0. 2.0 i was just like forget this our uh, mm-hmm. one of our producers here el santo's world he wants to know What's your favorite in your head moment that was not an interview? That's a good question. Uh, oh. For me, probably uh, the first uh, fan fest meeting Incher for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good when I let people meet me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fun. That was a good moment. And I bang that ass. No, nah, that never happened. My favorite moment was probably when I pushed Jack in the pool. I just shoved him in the pool. And he was like, why'd you do that? You're so mean. And that made me laugh even harder. <laughs> What'd you do that for? Um, but on the show-wise, what would be your favorite moment, not interview? Uh, oh. Probably... Um, I've had some. Uh, I, I I really like Swax telling his brother "fuck you." I'm watching it, and then or just stuff like that. Favorite like, moment involves Swax. <laughs> or uh, there's been some really funny moments. I'm having trouble thinking of anything. I'm kind of tired, but like stuff like that, like or Jimmy Jam. Whenever uh, he said uh, the steam, the uh, steam daddy or stream daddy or whatever, or uh, oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, or um, there's been other moments I know that are really funny. And I like the Barty Oil stories and like the fan fiction stuff yeah, where I like pizza that. boxes were involved in. Mm-hmm. And like the the where the like yeah the music WWF music is involved or like wrestling music are my favorite things. I I miss owl. Owl, owl. <laughs> moment in here for Bruce. Your just... favorite moment intro called out the blue guy. Yeah. Dave Deadman, anytime Jack would get shit-faced on Dr. McGillicuddy's and start telling people they were banned. Hashtag banned! You were sponsored by Dr. McGillicuddy's for, like, ever, weren't you? Yeah, I used to get free stuff from them. (laughs) A whole bunch of stuff. Um, 
Intra, what do you think? Should I start getting drunk on the show and start reading fan fiction? Nah. What? It's your favorite time. I think, Jack, your, your entire stomach would just explode. No, you could butt chug. I've made a workaround for you. Uh, no, oh see, it, it all makes sense. That's how we can get drunk. And it'll just like bypass the system. Your microphone's really low now. Yeah. Oh, I turned off the audio cancellation. Hold on a second. Yeah, I could hear it. Like, go down. Give me a second. And I'll All right. Your Hi, Jack. Hello. How's that? Yeah, that's better. Oh, a lot better. I had to fiddle with it uh, during the interview because, um, unfortunately, Mike's uh, audio is very uh, bad, so it's messing things up. But, um, WWE's on the. We did that one. Evan Ellingson dies at 35. Former child actor played Jack Bauer's nephew in 24. Who? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that's unfortunate, but. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. But I, I'm sorry. I, Jack Bauer's nephew on 24. I've never watched 24. I, I, mean, I, I watched the whole series, but I don't remember. Jack I like that. Like, whatever rice cup, like, do you know her? Like, the girl with, like, the overbite blonde hair? What? In 24, she's like... Uh, I don't know any of this stuff. I know like, Kiefer Sutherland's in it. Mary Ann Rice Cup or something. I don't know. But Ann Rice Cup. She was, like, I don't know, in that show. But I like her as an actress. She was in, uh, like, uh... Mr. Show. I'm a huge Mr. Show. I love Mr. Two. She was like the blonde girl in Mr. Show, but she was in 24 also, I guess. I don't honestly don't remember. But she's hot. That that was what I'm saying. She's hot. Was she in the Ronnie Dobbs skit? The one, the first one? I don't know. There's like a spitting Jesus thing where there's this or spitting Madonna, where there's statues spitting. Yeah. And they're like collecting it, and they're like, oh, it's so holy. And I don't know. That's what I. Jeremy anyway. Jeremy apologizes. She is at work and cannot not log in. She works. She works hard. Hard for money. So hard for it, honey. She works hard for her money, so Patrick Howe better treat her right. Mm -hmm. All right. Happy birthday to Kurt AEW and former WCW and WWE announcer Tony Schiavone, who turned 66 today. Any favorite memories? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Tony Schiavone. I've always been a fan of his. Uh, really happy that AEW uh, led to his comeback as a commentator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a fan. Glad he got a chance to do it again. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tony. Happy birthday to you. Bam. Boom. That would have that'll have to do for uh, no birthday bear here. 
On this day in 2003, Mike Lockwood, best known as Crash Holly, passed away in his friend Stevie Richards' home. He was only 32. Wow, any memories? Yeah, um, the 20. He, he really made the hardcore championship belt fun. For sure. I think if he would have been around in modern day, like, because um, it really the only thing holding him back then was he was short. You know, for a wrestler during that era, and that, I don't think that would have been an issue today. So, I think he would have uh, done well for himself today. Um, did you enjoy the following? Any memories of the following people in WWE in September of '97? Ernest the Cat Miller. Oh yeah, I like Ernest. Huge fan of Ernest. Very entertaining. Uh, the Barbarian. I liked him with Ming. Mm-hmm. Singles never really, uh, really did did much for me. I saw a thumbnail with him, and it was like about steroids, and like the caption was, "I think you're full, pal." I think that's a warlord. That was a warlord. Oh, warlord. Okay, warlord. I get him mixed up. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. There's a story that uh, he was asking for people to. I inject his ass with steroids, and Shawn Michaels said, I think you're full, pal. Oh, okay. <laughs> he tried to do it, he couldn't get the needle in it, he said, I think you're full. Well, that's what I think about the Barbarian, too. <laughs> he wasn't nearly as, uh, as roided up as the Warlord. Yeah. Uh, high Voltage, Kenny Chaos, and Robbie Rage. Um, I, I See, I kind of miss those days of uh, where you kind of have like their recurring jobber guys like them. And, yeah. Uh, they were pretty good, though talented dudes never really got a shot really super callow uh he was very good too super yeah he's Guy pretty cool really did much but steve mcmichael i don't really want to say anything bad but uh, i can't say i was a big fan but uh <laughs> it seems like a good guy did he just die or something no, but he's, he's, he's in really poor health right now. Okay. It's it's a matter Sorry. of when, not if at this yeah. point. Uh Vianos four and five. Who? Those were the they uh, didn't they get hurt in one of them in a match with Raven or something? I don't know. I, I remember the Vianos, but they never like I, can't I like say them. they were Huge, I'm not, I can't say I was a huge fan of the Vianos. Damien666. Not one of my favorite Lucha guys in that during that period. Either. <laughs> Ciclope. Another one I would say about on the level of Damien666. I, I watched WCW, WCW vividly and I don't remember any of these guys. I remember all of them, but I mean, they, these were like low-level uh, uh, lucha guys that were kind of just used as job guys. I remember oh, there's this main event people. Main event people. Yeah, WCW main event. So you know the the worldwide tapings they'd be on. They'd be yeah. on Nitro too, but they'd really just be job dudes. But there'd be this group where they'd be all masked, and there'd be like five of them. So they'd be just keep switching them out. Like not, these guys were all like real like wrestlers from Japan. From yeah, I remember that in I think in WCW where they had a team that had three people or something, and they'd switch them out all the time. 
They had like goldish tan. Uh, Silver know. King. Silver King actually was very good. He's the king of silver. He was a really good wrestler. They, I mean, he's the guy they didn't really do anything with, but a really talented guy. Uh, Glacier. <laughs> he was always Not interesting, I guess. Good. I mean, it's kind of a joke. Like, you know, all that build up, and he really didn't do anything. Uh, Scott Demore takes pride in TNA wrestling. He'll be a force to reckon with in 2024. I, I mean, I hope it does well, but I think it takes more than just changing the name of the show. Yeah, we'll see. They they really need to be on something that people can really watch is one of the one of the main. Things. Get on a channel somewhere, yeah. On this day in wrestling history, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper defeated the Spirit Squad to become the World Tag Champions 17 years ago today at WWE Cyber Sunday. Any memories? I actually thought that was pretty fun. I would have yeah. liked to see him have a little longer run, the two old guys, one last run. Yeah, I remember when that happened. I will be buying AEW tickets at the end of November. Good man. We'll never say never. We might get one last one with Ric Flair here in AEW. Woo! I see Tony totally putting him over MJF and stealing title, giving it to Flair. I, I, I could see him being in a tag team of some sort. I don't know. That was pretty rough, that last I match. I agree, but I, I could see it happening. I mean, maybe he wants to prove that he has yeah. more than that, but I don't know. I mean, who who could honestly on that roster would want to wrestle Ric Flair? Like, Probably a lot of people would want to just to say he did it, but like you, like you, uh, if they really thought thought of it, they probably would be like, no, it's probably not good. <laughs> Who could you even have that could carry? Like, you're not going to put him against, like, Nick Jackson or Darby Allen. Honestly, probably MJF because he can work like a uh, a safe style. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, and just do, like, real basic stuff. It, it, it's a, it would be really rough, really tough. I, I'd rather just, honestly, I'd rather just see him cut promos. Yeah. With or against. Yeah. That'd be fun. Go out with a little class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep his dignity. Yeah, Keep his clothes on. He can rip his jacket yeah. off and drop an elbow on it. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have to, like... Put him wrestle. in a wheelchair gimmick. Bring back that greatness from DNA. I'd worry if, like, he got in a last match, he'd have, like, a cyanide pill stuck on him. So, like, yeah, instead of blading, he'd, like... Man. He'd take it in the ring and die. Yeah. It, be, it like, go out on, on top. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, damn. rubbing one out to thinking of Ric Flair dying in the ring. <laughs> well, that's Look probably what Ric Flair's doing. He's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Gene's Disky made a cameo on Raw. Hell yeah. Sweet. Yeah. You excited to watch Raw? Watch <laughs> Hell yeah. Disky. I love Gene's Disky. Uh, I didn't Star do it. Yeah. Or it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault, yeah. <laughs> I actually I had him on uh, Without Your Head because he made a horror movie. Uh, Ricky yeah. Stark still eyeing a world title in AEW. That's yeah, cool. Uh, Mark Henry on MJF versus Kenny Omega on AEW Collision. There's no way that should have been for free. Yeah, it is a big match. To... I mean, that's legit. Uh, 
you know, a main event pay-per-view match. It was bizarre to me. On this day three years ago, Kenny Omega defeated Hangman Page in the AW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. And Darby Allen defeated Cody Rhodes to win the TNT title at full gear. Any memories? Yeah, it was a... Uh, I might have been. I was I there. I was there a lot. I might have been. There. I think that one was in Minneapolis. I don't oh, because I wasn't there then. Yeah, I was there. But yeah, I remember all, from all that weekend. Were great. I remember from that weekend you know, walking out to my car, and all of a sudden, come to the door next to me is Mark Henry. Whoa! I see him, I see him walk just. I, I, he says, "Hey, how you doing?" I go, "Great." I thought Have a good said, night. it's and time walked, for the main event. He walked right into it. Walked mm. right into a strip club. <laughs> Hell yeah. Him and Lexar. <laughs> yeah. Uh which reign has been better? Seth Rollins world title or M- MJF's AEW title? Uh, MJF. I I just I when you you had two world titles you combine them for the undisputed title, then you made another title. I mean, that's just—it's just stupidity. Why is Ring of Honor stuff still in AEW? I, I don't know. I'm with you, Nikhil. I'm not really sure. I think it was a mistake. Now that now that we've seen a year later, I think it was a mistake to buy Ring of Honor. WWE, Lexar wants to know, WWE is, a negotiation, is negotiating with government officials from around the world to hold premium live events and Raw and SmackDown tapings. Are you intrigued? Yeah, if they're not in countries that are like, you know, uh, committing human atrocities. Sure. Yeah, I think they're doing one in Australia coming up or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's cool. And I think they're doing yeah. one in Paris. I think that's cool. Huh. Um, some of the stuff we went over a few times. Rick Flair said that he got official clearance from his doctor to wrestle and take bumps. He also said his energy drink has got an endorsement from AEW. Yeah, I saw that part. I, I don't know about the. I, I have like would, mushrooms I would, and. Yeah. I'd really question uh, any doctor that would give Rick Flair clearance to wrestle with a pacemaker in the 60s. Is he in his 70s? Yeah, 70s, maybe. I can't imagine any doctor would. Maybe Dr. D. David Schultz said it or something. Yeah. Well, maybe the doctor. North Korea. Yeah, yeah. Collision in Korea, too. The only problem is, I don't think they really have a lot of money. I heard that they make all their money selling opium. I mean, they're people who are starving. Drugs. Yeah. Uh, sir, would you try Ric Flair Woo Energy Drink? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that means they want you to try it on air. I'll send me some. There you oh, go. Shut up. Send me some. I'll drink it here on air. Hell yeah. Thoughts on AW Worlds and pay per view name, and should I go? Yeah, why not? Side note, there's also a GCW Nick Gage Invitational Deathmatch Tournament. Okay, cool. Uh, Lexar wants to know, WWE and AEW is interested in signing Will Ospreay. Are you intrigued? I mean, don't matter to me, but um, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, why? I mean, I ain't getting money out of it, so why would I be intrigued? But the um, I'm sure he's going to get a huge deal at wherever he signs. Billy Korg, and by the way, people, I always see, they're like, oh, WWE won't want this guy. They, they don't want indie darlings, blah, blah, blah. Have you watched WWE for the last 10 years? Uh, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, John Moxley, Finn Balor. All these guys are like been world champion. And what were they? They're all indie darlings. Where do you think people come from today? Where else? Are they? they can't just sign only sign people who were born into wrestling. They need more wrestlers than Roman Reigns and Rick Steiner's son. Yeah. They've been signing a lot of draws lately, yeah. like like Logan or Jake Paul or whatever. Like and guy. You can't have a roster of three people. Bad Bunny and stuff. Like, Yeah, but what does Bad Bunny wrestle one once a year? Yeah. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, yeah, you could have those guys, but you're, you're, you're – your actual core guys have been independent, you, former independent guys. Sami yeah. Zayn, Kevin Owens, even guys that aren't necessarily top guys, Ricochet. Like that's where that's where they get people. This is outdated thinking because that's where people come from. And to even call Will Osprey and Indy Dong is a little strange because he wrestles in a big promotion in Japan, not independent promotion. Hello, Inchman. Hi. Hi. Did you uh did you drop a load? I had to go pee. <laughs> I had to tinkle. You got a trouble you got did a problem with hands? that? Did you wash nah. your hands? Of course I did. I washed my hands and my feet. You what did you piss on your feet? And I washed my ass. You pissed up your own ass. Man, I washed. I took a whole shower. Took a whole shower. What'd you do? Just piss all over yourself like a sprinkler? No. Like a fire? (laughs) I'm getting delirious. How many more questions we got here? 57. Not too many. Lexar wants to know, Billy Corgan's NWA could have their TV deal in jeopardy because of... Yeah, we went over this. Jonathan Jackson wants to know how deep. How what? How deep? How deep? I don't know. Not very of them. This is not very. Getting personal. Lexar wants to know if Bruce's ghost were a wrestler, what would his ring name be, and what music would he come out to? Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it'd be cool to, like, I don't know. I'd want to be like a Chris Jericho type guy, probably. Come out to Mbop by Hanson. That'd be sweet. I don't know. I'd just flex a lot. Hell yeah. And just, like, yeah, call people idiots. Like I'm from, I'm from Calgary. Where is it? Alberta. Where's he from? Calgary, Alberta, Canada. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's from. I'm from Calgary, you idiot. Oh, he's from Winnipeg. I'm sorry. Oh no, he's like I'm from Winnipeg. You I- yeah. From New York. Technically, yeah. I just like yelling at people. Just pretend you're Jericho's like nephew or something. You could be like the Lance Von Erich of the good. Jericho family. Hell yeah. Lance Jericho, that would work. Actually, how about Lance Von Jericho? I actually think that's a cool name. Lance. Lance Von Jericho. I like, I don't know. I think Bruce is a good name for everything. Sounds like an 80s rocker name, doesn't it? People could be like Bruce, like Springsteen. Like, you know. I I say Lance Von Jericho. That's what I'm naming you. Lance Von Jericho. I don't know. Okay, cool. I'm you. I'll start like signing my autographs. Skyrocket to stardom. You can't well, pick your nicknames; they just like are given to you. Exactly. Yeah, I gave Intra Power Goat, and uh, actually, um, James Con gave me Internet Icon. I will work on. I I did make up Pride of the Pilgrim. And m- most honest man of podcasting was given to me uh, by Dave Meltzer. Huh. I was voted that in the in the Observer uh, Awards. I don't believe that. Lexar, would you watch classic episodes of <laughs> Captain Kangaroo? No. I've got no interest in that. Yeah, I mean, there's, I literally do anything else besides that. I like uh, the song. Lexar wants to know, were you the most popular kid in school? No. Oh, yeah. By far not the most popular kid in school. I was in chess club. I watched wrestling. During the big boom period when it was like doink the clown and uh and uh you know spin the wheel make the deal because I graduated ninety four you know before like things really you know back when it was really cool um I watched you know movies like Basket Case played a lot of I Dungeons love that and Dragons so the answer is yes the coolest you sound cool I'd what you'd say would have uh, I would have slipped through the cracks. In high school, that's like the crack of Intra's ass. I I was forgotten mainly. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Yeah, don't step on cracks either. Don't smoke cracks. Uh, Lexar, uh, Troy Jones said that Jack gets angry over the silliest things. What? Yeah, these are the putts. I think Jack gets angry over the most serious of things. Thank you. What I said was it 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 bothers me if I'm watching a movie and they're chopping carrots and they're clearly not peeled. It takes me out of it because who if you're a tiny kind of cook, you're gonna peel the carrots before you chop them. What are you some kind of fucking savage? <laughs> chopping, yeah. chopping carrots with Lexar uses the destroyed uh, stroke of the gherkin. Yeah, but it's freaking, you know, uh, peel my carrot. 
<laughs> Feel my care and toss my potato. Uh, let's see. I did a lot of acid in the park in high school. But I wasn't really at school. Did you ever drop the acid entry? No. Wasn't that Spike Dudley's finisher, the acid drop? Yeah. Nice. See, and, and his original character was little Spike Dudley LSD. I don't know if he really got the oh, reference no. to because it was he's supposed to be in that. You know, Spike Dudley said they would have done the same thing with everything. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But big he wasn't fan there long fan. enough. Um, which celebrities were you nervous to meet for the first time? Hmm. Um, not really many, honestly. I was nervous to meet my dong. Uh, about you know, just about all of them, I guess. I don't yeah, know. You were nervous to meet me. You thought I was gonna like rape you or something. But I guess that's more like scared. Scared, yeah. But my fears was alleviated when you raped me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, this is what he was up to. This ain't too bad after all. Uh, yeah. Um, that's that's not true. I never that, have raped yeah. Incher. He was always very willing. Mm-hmm. It I was consensual. Yeah. I apologize for the rape joke. I just would make love to him forcibly against his will. (laughs) (laughs) It it all works out when you say it like that. Uh, Lexar, what favorite fan conventions? Well, I mean, I enjoyed Fan Fest because we would all get together. Uh But, like, I can't pick them my favorite anymore because the guy runs it's a scumbag. But I had my most fun at those, I would say, for a wrestling convention. Oh, and I really do like uh, New England Fan Fest. I'm glad it's coming back. I would like to uh, get some in-your-head people to one at some point. StarCast is fun, but it's a fucking money grab. Oh, yeah, StarCast. Is, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's very big. And, yeah, you got to pay for everything. I didn't pay because I had my uh, money mark, you know, paying my way, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need one of those. You gotta pay fucking two hundred bucks just to get a bracelet to see a show, and it's to, it's like something that I can go sit in my hotel room and pay, you know, twenty five bucks and see, you yeah. know. Yeah, I have fun there. Uh, I, you know, it is it is like a lot of stuff going on and stuff, but uh, yeah, all all that stuff really runs into a lot. Um. What? Would you pick things up from the floor? So what? what? Once it hits the floor, you know you never pick it up. Like you just leave all <laughs> the trash. Leave, leave it. Leave it in the corner like a dirt pile. <laughs> have you ever picked stuff up with your feet, like your toes? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have prehensile toes, like eight. But no, I do that actually all the time. Actually, <laughs> yeah, a lot more when I'm younger, could... probably. I put a CD, like, in a CD case with my toes to show my girlfriend that I was good at it once. Whoa. Yeah. Without scratching it? With... Yeah. Yeah. He plays pinball with his toes. No, I've never done that. Just like... 
<laughs> How many jobs did you have in recent years, and what's your favorite, and which ones are the worst? I have had are the blow jobs. <laughs> I have had three jobs my entire life. The hand jobs. Uh, I love them all. Love them all so much. I don't know if I if I was ever told I didn't have to work again, that would be like the happiest day of my life. Oh yeah! Thank God. That would be the best. Do you think L.A. Knight would have won the title off Roan if no one came out to help? I mean, it's not real. I'd say they wanted him to lose all along, so no. You remember when Ric Flair's son used to wrestle in WCW? I do. No. Never. That didn't happen. He didn't have like a Baby, that was a fake baby. I like Crowbar. Yeah, that's not his son, though. <laughs> but he was with him. <laughs> I like Bret Hart. I liked uh, that one guy, you know, uh, you know, The Undertaker. I liked, uh, I liked Stone Cold Steve Austin. Lexar, as an adult, are you a Buffalo Wild Wings or a Dave and Buster's fan? I've never been to a Dave and Buster's. I will say Dave and Buster's has good food, but like I never had their wings. Like, that's like the polar opposite. One's an arcade, the other one's just like a sports bar. That's what I'm saying. Like, why? That's a really weird comment. Well, I guess Dave and Buster's, they do have a sports bar section in the front. And then you can go yeah. back into the arcade. So I'm I see where he's Dave getting at. I'm not the idea. I mean, I, I go to a, I go to barcades. I, I find them fun, but I don't have I've never I don't have any near me. I've never been near. Uh, I think we're getting one soon. But uh, David's I like Dave and Buster's food. And I think they're it's pretty good. So and I, I like Buffalo to... Wild Wings too. So it's hard to pick. Yeah, I like yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, I went to the Dave and Buster's in Denver when I lived there, and it was fun. There was like a dinner theater part of it, and yeah. it was like Chuck E. Cheese too. It was fun. I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. No, I I used to go there. Pizza's god awful. Yeah, there's like a whole thing saying like they reuse their pizzas or something. Like they like the ones that they should be throwing away because like when they give you a pizza all the pieces are like different sizes yeah, yeah watch you guys video when he said it's all just a shaking knife that they use yeah so it's all fake Jonathan Jackson when was the last time you've had a coke and a smile I haven't had a coke in forever yeah, it's been the last years time? since I drank a regular Coke, but I do like the Coke Zero. I'm allergic to Coke, so I can't drink Ooh. it. So that's probably been about cocaine. Oh, cocaine? I've never had Coke. Why not? Mm. Have oh. you? Why? Why don't you just start? Have you ever thought like, why don't I just start doing this? I probably would be a lot more funner if I did, but I'm not going to. 
I like disappointing people. Well, you are good at that, but yeah. it's also a lot of cashola. Yeah, finding the cocaine dealer is a hard job in itself. Eh, who needs that, Just, like, just have to ask everybody, where can I buy coke? Then you're the guy who's asking around town for coke. Not that I know anything about that, but... I think, I think Bruce knows everything about that. <laughs> everything. You guys can talk amongst yourself. Matter, matter of fact, I bet he is the guy with the coke. <laughs> He's probably sitting on a kilo right there. In that chair? Right in the chair. He's got it buried in the chair. No, I said, I'm not sharing. No, he's not sharing. It's buried in the chair code word for up my ass. Because if it is, That's correct. The That's yeah, the suitcase. Troy would ask, hey, Andrew, you seen uh, Jack? He goes, he's buried in my chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> he never uh, misses a chance to make a joke like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't be the bottom. I've got a doctor's excuse. <laughs> That's true. Oh man. So that was I need a doctor's think? excuse too. <laughs> what if you went to the doctor and said, Doc, my buddy wants to, wants to sodomize me. Can I get a note saying I'm excused? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most epic doctor's uh, visit ever. <laughs> You'd like, excuse me? Yeah. You think it would be against his code to like to write it if he didn't think it you were not in West Virginia. <laughs> I expect better from you already. <laughs> West Virginia. It's a pretty place. I've been there. Thank you. Yeah. It's that kind of seductive when I do my thumbs like that. No. Mm. No. Why? What are you trying? Who are you trying to? Try they're like on? they're like dancing like a belly dancer. They're like. Is that the I don't kind know. of stuff that simulates you? you I'm fucking. I'm fucking delirious. <laughs> Let me off of this show. <laughs> I want to go to bed. Well, that was the last question. Bye. All right, we'll be back next week with Tech Susan Green, a longtime wrestler. It'll be very cool. We're going to talk about – we'll talk about some about the documentary we did like we did today, but we're also going to talk about her career. So that'll be fun. That's and, awesome. Um, maybe some more guests coming up. It was fun having some guests on today. Check mm-hmm. out the documentary out in the ring. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. We'll be back next week, like I said. Thanks to all our fine people. And let's play us out with Andre the Giant Tune from Mr. Ron Heck. Entry, you know him. I know him. Know him well. Andre the Giant. Andre was big. Yeah, 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 it was not small, no, 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 Andre could drink, and he could fight, drink, 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 and a fight, 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 
Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not small, no, no, no. Andre could drink and he could fight. Drink, 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 and fight, fight, fight. Andre the Giant. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not small, no, no, no. Andre was great, he was not bad. A great big captain, a great big man. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not small, no, no, no. Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink, 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 and fight, fight, fight. Andre the Giant. From Grenoble, France. Wow, this is what I look like uh, without all my other lighting on and just the overhead light. Is that better or worse? It's pretty bright. Yeah, it, I think it's too bright. I mean, I don't know. I like the cool it, lighting where I have to put some blue. And... Yeah, it makes everyone else doesn't think about their lighting. So if you go like really hard on it, it might make everyone else look bad. <laughs> I like how I have it normally. I normally have this is off, and I got one spotlight here. And then I've got I, I change up sometimes it's red and green. It's just enough to give me it looks a little creepy. No, I do like, like it. A dark shadow, like right over my face. It's a very spotlighty light. I have like every light in my house on, and like spotlights on me actually. I guess I can you look. Turn this on. It doesn't do much. We'll be back next week. We'll see you, folks. Here's all my awards. All right. Good night, everybody. This is uh, like when you see an MCU movie, you got to stay after the credits. You stay after the credits, you get to see this gold. (laughs) I'm really hairy now. I am too, but boom, down here in the pubes. (laughs) 